You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum, recorded from a secret location in the city that moves mountains. Greetings. We come in peace. How's it going, Cronkite? It's going pretty good. How are you today? I'm, I am doing good. I'm very excited to be here. Episode number two will be airing on 104.9 WXLR tonight. That's exciting. Very exciting. 10 p.m. Be sure to listen. Um, last week, we said that we were going to upload the WXLR show on Tuesday, mm-hmm. but Eli, station uh, manager, um, messaged me after the show, and he's like, hey, just upload it now, and I'll share the link. So we did that, mm-hmm. and we'll probably do that uh, again tonight um, for those people in the uh, that's not in the local area. If you do listen to the show on YouTube, be advised that... There is a muted section in the show. Okay. Because we used copywritten music. Oh, no, we did a bad thing. Oh, my goodness. So, from the 27 minute, 27 minute, 28 second mark to the 28 minute, 09 mark, uh, it will be muted on YouTube. So, you can, once it cuts out at 27, 28, you can skip forward to 2809. And we're, you know, uh, trying to work. around that so i may edit uh differently next time or i may try to add something else because i had that option this time but i was out of town and i didn't have my computer and songs and sound effects and all that and wasn't able to so well well, you know what this means don't you that means we're on our way up well also but it also means that here to chew bubblegum is going to now have to start a band what would the name of the band be here to chew bubblegum rocks out here to chew bubblegum rocks out Hmm, that has a catchy ring to it. Right. Speaking of musicians, mm-hmm. we do have Pretty Boy. Hey! We talked about him last week on the show. Pretty Boy is live in Bunker <clears throat> Studios. How was your uh, first week at the Cookie Factory? First week at the Cookie Factory. Oh, it was exciting. It was exciting. We got to meet a lot of people. We are very glad to have you here. Thank you. Now, I heard that you actually got in a foot race at the cookie factory, and you and one of the uh, other uh, employees had raced to the restroom. Yes. And that you won. I did win. How did that feel? It was awful. (laughs) (laughs) What was awful about it? Uh, Running isn't my favorite. Okay. Running is is Cronkite's absolute number one favorite. Yeah, you can tell by my... (laughs) Stellar physique, but uh, I'm a runner. Are you still working out? I know. I haven't worked out since the first time. <laughs> you only did it one time? You only did it one time? I went there one time and got really sore, and I was like, no. no, no, no. Okay, because I know I saw you at the Mexican restaurant after. Oh, God, yeah, I was killing that. So, well, good. Listen, good. I could have Mexican food morning, noon, and night. I don't know what it – they put crack in it, I'm pretty sure. What? I'm pretty sure they put crack in their food. It's delicious. No, they do not put crack in it. No. Either way, it works. What's your favorite food? I love Brazilian food. Really? Yes. What about Taco Bell? You like Taco Bell pretty good? Taco Bell is actually pretty good. Now, I heard that's the reason that you got in the foot race at the cookie factory is because you had Taco Bell for lunch. Yeah. Is that uh, true? Yeah. So you don't refer to it as Taco Bell. You refer to it as Taco Hell. Yes, it was Taco Hell. Okay. <laughs> did stuff to my heart that shouldn't have been there. Well, I, I saw something. No, I probably shouldn't say that. No, it's it's kind of dirty. Go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, just don't just don't say the f bomb. You're good. I give you permission, son. Okay. All right. So I seen something. Speaking of Taco Bell, okay. I seen something on Facebook that said, uh, "Once you hit thirty, you can't have Taco Bell and sex in the same day." 
I have to agree with that. That is, those are hardcore facts. Dude, <laughs> Taco Bell doesn't do that to me anymore. Uh, Dairy Queen biscuits and gravy does, <laughs> you know. And uh, Long John Silver used to be bad for that, but no. You know, he actually uh, was on a boat once. He told this story a few weeks ago. He was on a boat. He had to drop a load. Well, not drop a load. That's something else. You had to. I don't know what you were doing on the boat. You I, could have dropped the load. I had to use the facilities, but I, there was no facilities around. So he stopped, runs off the bank, and craps near an anthill. No, I, I didn't know there was an anthill at the time. Did you crap near it or on it? I, I don't. I, just, I, I have no idea where the um, the the load landed. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, but what I'm saying. What a way to start a show. You know. <laughs> How did we even get talking about this? I have this? no idea. So basically what happened is um, nature was calling and I had to get out. I had to do something. So I went over and I leaned against a tree. Hello, Cronkite. I'm nature calling. <laughs> and uh, and like after a few minutes, like I was feeling like, well, that's weird. That feels kind of strange. And I've never felt that before. <laughs> turns out I was like, there was ants all over me and they were like on me and biting me and yeah. they were in me. Uh, we're going to go ahead and see now. I... <laughs> I knew you were going to say that last part. That's the reason I was trying to cut it out. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's already no, in there. No. We're going to go ahead and start with some listener email, and we gave Pretty Boy some emails to read. All righty. So how about we let uh, – you want to read that one first? That one's kind of short. Yes, I gave him some long emails. <laughs> okay. Just reading this. All right. Pretty Boy's going to read some email. This is Brett from West Virginia. Hello, Hello. Brett. Hello, HTC. BG. Here to chew bubblegum. Okay. Great show last week. Elliot's articles was and always is great. I've listened since mid-January, and it seems like each week is better and better. You guys are great, Roswell. Brett, thank you very much. You have great taste. Absolutely. Do you want to go, or do you want me to go? Sure, I'll go. Patrick from Florida says, Hey, guys, I wanted to share something with everyone here at Here to Chew Bubblegum and all the listeners of the show. Of course, you gave me the long one. Last week, I saw a pulsating object high above Miami uh, about 45 minutes before sunset. It was uh, it was stationary at first and then started moving to the southwest. It changed direction and headed. I can hear myself breathing. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. I can hear you moving the microphone. <clears throat> it was stationary at first, okay. Goose, uh, and then it started moving to the southwest. It changed direction and headed south, then stopped again, uh, obscured by clouds for a short time, stayed in place until the clouds moved away, then the object headed north and stopped again. It pulsated a lot for the whole time, uh, and I lost sight of it after about 20 minutes of watching it. My first true UFO sighting. Wow. Congratulations, Patrick. Yeah, thank you very much, Patrick, for sharing that with us. Uh, Alpha from Ohio says, this may have been asked already, but can anyone at Here to Chew Bubblegum recommend a book on learning and exploring psychic abilities? I read more and more about uh, using psychic means to communicate with extraterrestrials. I don't want fluff about using tarot cards or crystal balls. I think you're qualified to answer that. I, well, no, I mean, I, well, I would love to have a psychic uh, come on the show. And we will, we will. And, you know, uh, Richard Miles, he he was going to a few weeks ago, but mm-hmm. we wasn't able to right. get our own scheduling goes, conflicts. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, I would love to have one on uh, just, just to ask questions like that. Right. Because uh, I'm, I'm well, very much interested in that kind well, of stuff. And and you've studied Dr. Stephen Greer, mm-hmm. and he does talk about how to. Yeah, so. and he talks about meditation and, and 
different things. I, I would look up Dr. Stephen Greer uh, in the way that um, his most recent uh, adventure, I don't know what, what it is, what he calls it, uh, but um, I would look at that for sure because that, that seems to be kind of what they're talking about. You want to go ahead with your next email there, pretty boy? Yeah. <clears throat> this is Rita from Georgia. Hey, Rita. She says, hey, Goose, Cronkite, Ned, and Elliot. Do you guys think that the U.S. government and the Pentagon would confirm the other videos exist besides the three videos re uh, released last year? That UFOs, not necessarily saying alien craft, exist, even though the pilots who came into contact with them said very plainly, there is no way these constructed by Earth, any Earth power. Maybe they are back-engineered from actual spacecraft. What do you guys think? Also, what do you think the government will disclose after the 180 countdown is over? Roswell. Well, thank you very much, Rita. And we were talking a little bit before the show uh, about Area 51. Mm -hmm. PB is very interested in Area 51, as mm -hmm. myself and you are. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about that on the show before. Uh, I think uh, that there's more videos out there. Other than the oh, definitely. than the first three, yeah. Will the government uh, release them? Who knows what they'll do. Uh, we've talked before about how, you know, I feel that they've changed UFO to UAP. So when they do finally say, yeah, these exist, but these UAPs exist, it's kind of like them not lying about it the whole time. Mm -hmm. it, it makes them save face to a point. Uh, the reverse engineering. I think we definitely do have that sure. on our planet. I think it's been done. Uh, the one with the Air Force pilot and so forth, that was captured. I don't think that that was reverse engineered from what I've read and researched that. I think that that was out of this world mm -hmm. because, you know, you had people in the higher-ups that even said, you know, nothing on our planet can do this and maneuver like this. Right. What do you think? You know what? I may be wrong. But think about it like this. When cars came into movies, mm -hmm. uh, people had created cars and they seen it, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with planes and other things like that. Now, alien spacecrafts, right? How do they make it to movies? Somebody must have had seen it. That's, that's a really good way to, to think about it. Very, very valid good point. My mind is blown. That's so, a fact. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a good point for sure. Yeah, you know, mean, and we've even talked about on the show before how... The United States military has a section in Hollywood. and well, it's the CIA, actually. Has, is it the CIA? Yeah. Okay. Well, I actually think the DOD has one, too, has a, has a branch uh, or a uh, liaison in Hollywood. And, like, for the, for like, uh, the movie Independence Day, yeah. Will Smith, they had advisors on set advising people to make it appear more realistic. Mm hmm so where did they get that information from that goes exactly with what you said? Yeah, exactly. So. Have you ever seen the movie Paul? Anybody? Uh, a long time ago. You're well, talking about with Simon Pegg and... Yeah, yeah, yeah and the little, little alien. alien. That, that Is this a comedy? Yes. Yes, yes I have. And they drive him <clears throat> around in a motorhome? Yeah, yeah. so uh, he was actually saying that he's the reason that... Or Paul was saying that he was the reason... And Paul's the alien if nobody yes. has seen the movie, but... Uh, he was saying that he's the reason that uh, all of our, our all of our Hollywood uh, movies have UFOs in them and things like that. He was saying that he is the cause of that. So it was kind of neat. That's that's, cool. that's very neat. 
You want to go ahead with your second one, or do you want me to go? Sure. Camilla from Tennessee says, hey, Goose and Cronkite. Long-time listener, first time writing in. Hello, Camilla. Hello, Camilla. Here's my thoughts on Bob Lazar, and I wanted to share them with you. Do you want fava beans with that, Camilla? Camilla? Camilla. 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 Hello, Clarice. Uh, here's my thoughts on Bob Lazar, and I wanted to share them with you. I think the reason Lazar is still alive is clear. If they killed him or made him disappear, it would confirm that he told the truth. The U.S. government doesn't want that. Imagine when disclosure does happen. I think Mr. Lazar will be back working for the government and doing what he does best. Just wanted to share my thoughts with you, Roswell. That's very possible. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, that's, good. that's a good Camilla. point. <clears throat> Cl- Clamilla. Clamilla. <clears throat> Scott from Kentucky says... Uh, hey, Goose and Cronkite, you stated several times that you don't talk politics on the show. Do you realize that UFO-related materials are political? Politics and the UFO subject in the United States have always been linked. Just ask Carter and Clinton. And Reagan. Yes. Here's the thing, though. We don't talk politics as in the way of... My candidate's better than your candidate. Recent elections yeah. and, and BS like that. That's... There's too much of that already out yeah. there. And, 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 if, and we, if you want that, please tune out and find a political show. Yeah, and that's something that you and I have talked about. Is like This is a release for us to get away from the real world. Of how, exactly. Well, I, I wouldn't say the real world because exactly. this is very much in the real world. But I'm, I'm saying like the way that the media and uh, social media kind of shoves politics down our throats right now. Exactly. You know, and, and our show is not for everybody. You know, we're trying to entertain mm-hmm. and educate people on less known ufo cases and uh we even got uh some uh, we never read it on the show because it was taken totally out of context mm. when we did the um best uh, the year in review of 2020 mm-hmm. remember the one listener we never read the email on the show was oh yes well it was a fan and she was bashing us because we didn't mention a certain thing you know if you're into politics and stuff that's going on by all means mm-hmm. keep keep following that you know yeah, but I mean, like like you said, this is not this is a show that's not for everyone. Uh, we're we're not going to conform to what you want us to be. This is what we want to be. This yes. is our show. We have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. That's exactly right. So, you got the last one there, pretty boy. Yes, I have Paul from Kentucky. This is not Paul from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, and we've talked about that on the show before about how we'll talk about things. Yeah, and our uh, emails, our listeners will even mention it. You know. This one is actually an interesting one. I was just skimming, skimming through it. It's pretty nice. Uh, it says, hey, Gro- hey, Goose, not Groose. Groose. Hey, no. Goose and Cronkite, here's my prediction and outlook for the future. I'm not a psychic or anything. I just do a lot of research like you guys at Here to Chew Bubblegum. Earth is m- far more advanced in traveling into space. It's crazy the disconnect that is- exists. Okay. I might have butchered that. But... Anyways, you're uh, doing fine that they have been able to pull the covers over the whole planet's eyes like they have disclosure. I hope this happens soon and I believe it will like it's like holes in a dam. You can plug this hole and that hole, but eventually the structural integrity of that dam gets to the point and every time you plug a hole, two more pops up until the dam just breaks. I believe we are close to that dam breaking. Obviously, they won't tell us everything, but at least allows us to move into being being a space-faring species. 
I mean, Earth has allies and bases and ships and a whole lot of fleets. They won't disclose everything because they always need to stay ahead for defensive purposes defensive purposes, but they need to tell us the truth and allows us to meet our neighbors and learn from them, study their cultures and tech. If this happens, disease will go away, pollution will go away, and human intelligence will jump leaps and bounds. That's Pretty interesting. That's, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's a very interesting email. Thank you, Paul, for writing in. And I totally get what he's saying there. Yeah. I mean, and it, totally it, agree with him. If you think about how a magician works, it's uh, the sleight of hand or misdirection. Right. You're looking over here while they're doing something over here. And that, that kind of makes sense. Well, you know, as The government's as, always did that when it comes to, you know, the UFO extraterrestrial mm-hmm. life. You know. Definitely. What's your thoughts about Paul's email? I think Paul is right. They are <laughs> hiding something. And with all this pollution and, uh, you know, mother nature problems, I feel like... Um, there is some type of technology that exists that can actually get rid of a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah, definitely. I, well, I mean, it was uh, a few years ago that uh, <clears throat> I can't remember what, what car company it was that actually bought the patent for a engine that... It was Ford. Ford? Yeah, you're talking about the the EV models that had so many batteries and they were good for like a thousand miles. <clears throat> well, no, not that. It's uh, This was like... Before EV was even a thing, okay. this was uh, this was. It was it was in the late nineties, correct? Uh, late nineties or early two thousand. Yeah, something like that. It was that they had bought the patent for an engine that, um, at the time, never had to be replaced. It was constantly right. or, or something like that. I, uh, Either that or it was like a really high fuel mileage, back, yeah. like in the seventies or something. They like had that. a documentary on <clears> that. On uh, it might be EV one, might be the name of it. If, anyone wants to look that up or search it uh, i only saw it once several several years ago and i think it was ford because one of the guys wanted to buy his car mm-hmm. uh, from ford and i'm pretty sure it was ford and when his lease was up they wouldn't let him buy it hmm. and uh, the, the inventor of that had since sold his patent to ford ford bought it ford shifted Okay. So it makes sense. Well, I, I want to uh, address something that I said a few okay. minutes ago uh, when I was a little heated. This is our show, yes, exactly. But um, whatever our listeners want us to do, I didn't mean it that way. What I meant was, we're not going to be a political show because you want us to be. That's that's just simply not what we're going to do. We will do whatever the listeners want us to do, and we want to do to a point. To a point. Now, you're basically, how I interpret that is you're saying I'm not gay, but $20 is $20. Is that what you just said? Yeah, I mean, money talks. Okay, okay. My last email comes from Jesse from Virginia. Hey, Goose, Cronkite, Ned, and Elliot, I love the show and want to thank you for taking time to educate me on reports that I've never heard of. See, I just said that uh, Mm -hmm. a few minutes ago. Um, Let's see. UFOs and ETs are real. We know what we know, and if people don't want to listen, they won't. That's the reason why us true believers need to stick together and fight for our family, the UFO family. I love you guys and don't want anything to happen to you guys. Roswell. <laughs> why did you stop in your... Um, in your what, what do you, they're, they're probably referring to where you're called... Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated well, on the show last week. I don't want anything to happen to me either. <laughs> <clears throat> so, 
What do you think about that? You don't want anything to happen to me. Well, no, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't want anything to happen to me either. However, I, I agree. <laughs> we, we, we should stand up for each other, the Definitely. true believers. Definitely. Because, I mean, if you think about it, at the end of the day, how large the universe is, it is absolutely absurd to think that we are the only species that crawled out of a soup it's and, and made it to this, that made it to this level. It's very, very, very close-minded to think that. Now, we talked a little bit before the show um about did you just fart no that was a chair that was 100 percent dude a pretty boy fart. That, that, that was oh my god <laughs> pretty boy farted dizzy goose oh, me too me too but um you're listening to here to chew bubblegum with goose cronkite and special guest pretty boy open a door light a match <laughs> no don't light a match we'll blow up papa's bunker We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about, we're going to have an installment on our Truth is Out There series, and we're going to be going over some fascinating stuff. Later on in the show, we're going to talk about Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated, and um, I think I have uncovered some more mysterious links with some of the board members. Yeah, I mean. uh, And who they are uh, affiliated with. They are just going to have to. Reach out to us so we can talk to them to clear all this up. Because right now it's not looking good. I hope nothing happens to you. I don't know what happens to me either. <laughs> You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. We'll be back in just a moment. Today I feel so down. Told me to go away. Miles and miles keep dragging me. fresh, authentic Mexican food, you want El Picante and Cole Run. Dine on sizzling hot fajitas, the freshest pico de gallo, or if you're craving their secret ingredient jalapeno dip, the only place you'll find it is El Picante. Look, there are Mexican restaurants on every corner. The difference is in the mouth-watering food and the great service you'll get at El Picante and Cole Run. Visit El Picante for lunch today. You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum, with Goose and Cronkite. And welcome back here to Chew Bubblegum. I am Cronkite, and as always, that man across the desk for me is Goose. Sitting at the end of the table in the big captain chair today is Pretty Boy. Pretty Boy. We are very lucky to have Pretty Boy here with us. And it is a great show for you to join. Typically, our Truth is Out There series shows are longer than other shows. So that could be a blessing or a curse. It depends, you know, on 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 how you feel. What is that massive stack of paper? Did Stephen write us an email again? Or? No, no, that is that, <laughs> that that is research, my friend. What we're going to do is we're going to have Truth Is Out There series starting right now. We're going to take a break, you know, after this. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back and talk about Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated, and then segment three, we're going to continue with some more Truth Is Out There. 
Exciting. So, but opening up in a recent report, upcoming UFO report will be difficult to explain, says former national intelligence official. A former top national intelligence official hinted that an upcoming government report on UFOs will include information that cannot easily be explained. He quotes, there are instances where we don't have good explanations for some of the things that we've seen. And when the information becomes declassified, I'll be able to talk about it a little bit more, said former Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe. Uh, Ratcliffe said some UFO sightings have been declassified in the past, but a report to be released by the Pentagon and other federal agencies, let's hope the Navy's in that, will present more information to the American people. He also says there have been sightings all over the world, and when we talk about sightings, the other thing I will tell you is not just a pilot or a satellite or some intelligence collection. Usually we have multiple sensors that are picking up these things. The report is expected to be released on June 1st. Now, they have sensors that can pick up UFOs. So... The way I take that is these sensors have been in place for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Star Wars. Star Project. Wars. Now, Star Wars was on – no, these sensors could be because um, we have a lot of junk in the orbiting the planet now. Yeah, too. yeah, we do. But, <clears throat> I mean, how long have these sensors been up there? Exactly. You yeah. know, now, if, if somebody says these are up there, so if any space debris falls, we'll tell somebody on Main Street to mm-hmm. move to the right. So they won't get squashed, you know. Yeah, true. I don't. I don't buy that. Well, they, they have sensors up there because there's stuff out there, and they know it. Because mm-hmm. if you go back to one of the videos from the shuttle, and I think we've talked about this before, you can see an object coming in, and then you can see like a missile or something coming up, and the UFO takes off. Hmm. Do you remember talking about that? I do. I think a little bit. So. Uh, now, also, um, that kind of makes me a little. A little happier. Like, I feel a little more comfortable now. That we have a defense system the, in place. That we have a defense system in place, not only for hostile uh, alien races, possibly, but for the natural stuff, you know, like uh, comets, uh, asteroids, things like that. They could, you know, wipe out the, the planet. Well, I think if we ever have a comet or an asteroid coming to us, that Bruce Willis and his team will take care of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Bruce Willis is getting kind of old, so we'll have to... Uh, Dude... What is it? Old people are just as valuable as young people. Older people. I mean, well, I mean yeah, they're valuable. We just can't do anything physically. Well, you know, what Pretty Boy didn't tell you there in the opening is that when he was uh, in a foot race to the bathroom that I tripped the other guy. Yeah. So he could make it. Well, yeah, was it just because you were, like, having, like, a dementia moment and you no, just rolled no. out with and it's, and it No, and it's not because I fell down. So your walker got away from you. Oh, <laughs> I hope nothing happens to you. <laughs> I hope nothing happens to me either. <laughs> as long as I, as long as I can outrun you and your your uh, your tennis ball walker, we're good. You will never be able to outrun me. That's a fact. <laughs> Come on, Jesse, let's go. <laughs> Herbert, you know, Family Guy, right? right. Yeah, Are you so, sure it was Herbert? Yeah, it could have been Tom Hanks. It no, could have been. It's, uh, not, it's not Tom. Doodle. Hanks. It was probably. It's not Tom Hanks. <laughs> What's your take, pretty boy, on the report that's going to come out on June 1st? Oh, I'm excited to hear about it. I am too. But I feel like there's they're going to cut some things out. You think so? Yes. 
They could redact some stuff. Now, we never asked him, Did you have you had any like uh, experience or anything? Have you seen anything? or, or uh... I have not seen anything, but I have heard <coughs> of people that I know that have seen things back home. Hmm. Now, and you can tell when somebody's being totally legit mm-hmm. because there's an excitement. Yes. You know, and you can tell versus somebody that's made up mm-hmm. a story of a sighting or an abduction. You know, just by listening to the way that they talk and they explain the story. Is that what you found in your instances as yes. well? There's, There's been a thing. There's been a video out there. I'm not sure when. I think it was maybe it was last year. Um, of I think maybe this was in California. Mm-hmm. That there was a, there was a UFO f- a sighting. Mm-hmm. And everyone saw this on... Um, everyone was on the highway, I think, and they looked up and there was like this UFO just chilling there. And then I think someone came up and was like, "Oh, it's an air balloon." Yeah, <laughs> just some random guy. You know, it's it, it's always an air balloon yeah. or a listen internet balloon they or need to get the, the balloon, nuclear balloon or the, swamp gas. The or, balloon stories are getting weak and tired <clears throat> because listen, there are nothing, no balloons that move that quick. No, no, there's totally not. Well, have you heard about this? The International UFO Investigation Organization sets up permanent headquarters in Cincinnati. Oh. The truth is out there and possibly right in the Queen City as Cincinnati is once again home to the nonprofit UFO organization Mutual UFO Network or MUFON. Hmm. Launched in 1969, MUFON has three goals which is more than 600 and it has more than 600 trained investigators and 4200 members across the world. Do you know what the MUFON goals are? Mm-mm. I will tell you. Number 1, investigate UFO sightings and collect the data in the MUFON database for use by researchers worldwide. Number 2, promote research on UFOs to discover the true nature of the phenomenon with an eye towards scientific breakthroughs and improving life on our planet. Number three, educate the public on the UFO phenomenon and its potential impact on society. What's your thoughts on that? MUFON is going to be about three hours away from us. That's exciting. How do I become a trained investigator? Well, I'm glad that you asked that because I have the answer to that in this story. Although the organization has moved several times since its founding, it left Cincinnati in 2012 to relocate to Irvine, California. Now its board member, I'm sorry, now its board of directors has declared MUFON is permanently returning to the Queen City, Cincinnati, and setting up near the airport. Historically, MUFON has moved wherever its executive director is located. Current executive director David McDonald is based out of Cincinnati. Uh, McDonald also previously served as the director, hence MUFON's former stint in the city. Uh, the article goes on to say that the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is 45 minutes away. There are quite a few sightings in the tri-state area, and it's the home of the most famous UFO pioneers in the world. Lynn Stringfield uh, is that pioneer. He said uh, MUFON is actively recruiting more UFO hunters and has a spot on its website where the public can report UFO sightings. Hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. There's also information on the website where you can sign up to be a UFON, UFON, a MUFON member. 
So that answer your question? Yeah. If there are any uh, MUFON people who listen to our show and you want Goose and I to be investigators, please reach out to us because that would be so good. Well, definitely, definitely. Now, how can people reach out to us? We forgot to mention that in the opening part. Are you talking about you and I? Yes. How they can reach out to you and I? Yes. How does people contact <laughs> us? Well, they can call, text, leave a voicemail, 606-373-3396, or... Always email Cronkite here to chew bubble gum, at here to chew bubblegum.com or goose at here to chew bubblegum.com. You can also reach our generic email here to chew bubblegum at yahoo.com and reach Ned or Elliot by simply putting attention Ned or Elliot in the pretty in the uh, pretty boy line in the subject line. You can also reach out to pretty boy the same way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, definitely. You, you can definitely tell. I was trying to work it into where I could say. Pretty Boy or Ned or Elliot, and I was like in the Pretty Boy line. So I apologize for yeah. the Pretty Boy, Ned, and Elliot. You can call him Pretty Boy or PB or... PB. You know. PB. PB. You like, right. you like PB like better? PB. Pretty right. Boy is more formal. It is. You're right. So uh, at... Uh, at PB. like At... Um, so like at... Uh, PB. Fancy... PB. At, at, at fancy festivals or... Um, conventions. Conventions or things like that, we'll, we'll simply call you uh, Sir Pretty Boy. And uh, on the radio show, we'll call you PB. Got it. All right. Okay. Moving on in the Truth is Out There series. Some recent MUFON reports. On February 16th of this year, uh, case number 113663, uh, Suzanne, Mark, and Tyler were on vacation in Colorado. Suzanne claims to have seen a dark object reflecting off the moon. Uh in Divide, Colorado, uh, approximately 60 miles south of Denver. Colorado Springs is the location of the U.S. Air Force Base and the U.S. Space Force Academy. Uh, Peterson Air Force Base is also located nearby and adjacent to the Colorado Springs Municipal Airport. Colorado Springs is also home to the North American Aerospace Command, known as NORAD, and the Space Force's 21st Space Wing. While taking pictures of the moon, Suzanne zoomed in on the dark object, which appeared to be a small triangle-shaped object, which uh, silhouetted was silhouetted by the moon. She indicated in her report that the moon was at a 90 degree above the horizon, and it glowed in a left a trail or cloud. Her initial photo is on the MUFON website. The duration of the observation was for one hour, and the object was a definite triangle or arrowhead shape. And for more information on that, you can search MUFON case 113663. What's your thoughts on that? Pretty exciting. You know, <clears throat> pretty exciting. That's it. I'm sorry. I've, I found, I've uncovered something else in the Ingersoll Lockwood <clears throat> stuff. I'm, I'm, my attention was on it. I was so sorry. Can you read that story again? <laughs> no, no, you have to go back and listen to the show. Okay. So, so, all right. So you uncovered <clears throat> some stuff. Well, we're going to talk about this coming up in the next segment. You mean you just now uncovered some what, stuff? What I was doing was the next segment. I was I was simply while you were reading your segment, mm-hmm. I was skimming through my segment. So I'm prepared, Goose. Okay. I'm just trying to be prepared, man. Okay. All right. No problem. No problem. <clears throat> on February eleventh, PB down there. Let him comment. On February eleventh, twenty twenty one, case number one one three six nine eight. Miguel, while doing his regular exercises and stargazing in his backyard, reported seeing a boomerang 
traveling from the northeast, generally over the greater Los Angeles area, to the southwest uh, uh, towards the Pacific Ocean and Catalina Island. According to uh, Miguel's report, the boomerang was over 300 feet in size and had a dark uh, surface. It had white exterior lights, no emissions, no sound. Uh, it maintained a constant speed and elevation. It had fuzz, fuzzy edges and a mist or a shroud uh, around it. There were no colored running lights on the extreme ends of the boomerang. He saw a helicopter in the area uh, after the object flew past. What's your thoughts on that one, PP? <laughs> That's pretty interesting, actually. See, interesting and exciting. Now, all right. So, <clears throat> what I'm, what I'll kind of gather from it because I did listen to you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, what I kind of gathered from that was they described a boomerang, almost like a um, a uh, chevron. Like a chevron. The the V. Right. Yeah. But also, some of our um, very stealthy fighters and bombers that we have, like mm-hmm. the B two bomber, yeah. that is just a flying wing. Right. That could be similar to that. It could be. Or it, let's say somebody has took the B two bomber and souped it up to where it's you know. Well, no. What what I'm kind of getting at there is. Um, but what are you getting at? <clears throat> Tell me. Possibly reverse engineering to make our own, like you've talked about. Yes. I'm agree. I'm gonna go back to my English. Okay. You do now, <laughs> now, how I word that is: there's two categories of UFOs. There's extraterrestrial UFOs, and then I think, and I think Cronkite thinks as well. Mm-hmm. He does. That the other class of UFOs are UFOs that have been man-made, that are operated by our pilots. Um, Was it Gary McKinnon? He hacked the NASA computers shortly after uh, September 11th, 2001. And in that, he claims that he saw a list of pilots that were qualified to fly uh, UFO-type crafts in the United States. And I think he, in that uh, report, he said there was only like 20 that was qualified to fly. So I think that some of the sightings are UFOs, but they're man-made, Earth-made UFOs, and they're operated by humans like us. That's pretty cool. Have you ever thought about that? or No, but then that kind of messes with our head. Yes. Like, what are we looking at? Exactly. Exactly. I like the way you think, my friend. Um... Let's see, this last one is a little bit lengthy, but I'm going to throw it out there. What are you doing? I'm done. Okay, good. Why are you so angry today? I'm not angry. You're so angry. you got a face on and everything. I hope nothing happens to you. On February 8th, 2021, case number 113457, this must have been an exciting ride. Eddie was driving with two friends when they saw... A stationary white starlike orb in the sky. Now, who is Eddie? This is the guy that made the report. And it says last name withheld, but I didn't say that because it's in parentheses. You don't say that when you're reading these stories. Well, I certainly do. Well, yeah. And you use people's last names, and it's hard to edit out. Uh, So Eddie is just some guy? Yes. Uh, Anyway, they saw a stationary white starlike orb in the sky. It didn't last very long, but it was like it was doing a dance in the sky, jumping and bouncing all around, Eddie said. Eddie and his friends chased what he calls a boomerang all over Shelby County. Eddie described the object as a boomerang, but uh, this writer could describe it as an orb. The orb changed direction, uh, cast light, flashed randomly, 
and mostly unusually made a humming noise. Hmm. I think I think we all know what humming is. Yeah, I, I think. I okay, know. you got that. Okay, uh, you can hear excitement in the voices of all three witnesses as they pursued the orb. Apparently, the orb uh, would slow its speed so that Eddie and his car could keep up. So the UFO was playing with him. Uh, on this MUFON case, Eddie said that uh, it initially hovered, descended, uh, ascended, and moved around wildly. Viewing the videos, the orb was jumping around from corner to corner, changing colors. Uh, you can see white, gray, green, and red in the videos and images on uh, this case. <coughs> Sorry. Eddie also claimed that it was blue, blue, white, and yellow, orange, constantly transitioning from one of the colors to the other. Uh, it also transitioned from green, white, red. What do you think about that? Sounds very similar this, to the lots we've seen. Uh, yes, yes, it does. This object also had fuzz, fuzzy edges, blinked, pulsated, and glowed. Glowed. Uh, the estimate size was 10 to 30 feet in dimension. Uh, it appeared generally at uh, 50 degrees above the horizon, and its lowest altitude was treetop level. He estimated the distance to be approximately 100 to 500 feet from his car, and it also affected the quality of his cell phone. Now, this happened in Sydney, Ohio, and this is approximately 35 minutes north of Dayton. Dayton, as we know, is home to the what? Rupp Patterson Air Force Base. Correct. So, and this story is similar. I threw that one in there uh, because it so it's similar to. Miguel's story, and it happened just a few days. Uh, it happened three days prior to Miguel's story. Hmm. So, I mean, that's 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 pretty cool. Um, I I would be curious as to see the video myself. Yeah, well, just uh, go to MUFON and search uh, case one one three four five seven one one three four five seven. That is the case number. To see those videos and pictures, uh, we're going to talk about one more thing, and then we're going to take a break. And uh, let me let me get something to drink here, so keep the audience entertained. Sure, you too. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, talking about uh, some of these uh, recent MUFON stories, there, PB. What do you think about? Um, I don't really have a saying for it. I'm just trying to just soak it all <clears throat> soak it all in. Mm-hmm. Well, now coming in coming into uh, just kind of hanging out with us today like what uh did, did you really did you think that there was this many reports no, and, and things like absolutely there? not yeah because it, it's it's almost like the uh there you know whoever's controlling the the media or the narrative or whatever is kind of blocking this stuff out yes <clears throat> very crazy are, thank you are, very are, much are you hydrated yes i'm hydrated okay uh an ex united states <clears throat> air force captain says ufos hacked uh mom's Momstrom uh, Air Force Base nuke system and deactivated 10 missiles. Have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. I, we actually talked about that. Well, we didn't actually talk about it, but I talk, I said that there was a story yes. sim- that we wanted yes. to talk about like this. Since 2020, the number of UFO sightings has increased in many locations in the United States. The most recent statement on upcoming UFO reports by the former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, surprised everyone. And we talked about that earlier in the show. He said that some of the UFO sightings are hard to explain. Some officials are worried about the continuous spotting of UFOs over military bases. Is there any possibility 
that the military actions are controlled by these UFOs. Not so long ago, former U.S. Air Force Captain Robert Salas believed that UFOs are real and they do interfere in the military's nuclear program. Now, we've talked about on the show, you have a lot of sightings close to uh, military bases, nuclear sites, nuclear power plants, and bodies of water. And this supports what we've stated before. A 30-year-long investigation by UFO researcher Robert L. Hastings has revealed shocking information about the concerns and connections between UFOs and nukes. He's interviewed more than 50 officials of the U.S. Army, ranked from nuclear missile launch and targeting officers to missile maintenance personnel and the missile security police. According to him, the UFO activities over the U.S. Army bases have occurred and been occurring since 1948. What happened in 1947? The Roswell incident. There you go. His sources told him that mainly the UFO incidents occurred uh, at the Mallstrom Minute FE Warren Ellsworth, Vandenberg, and Walker Air Force bases between 1963 and 1996. Other sources were stationed, uh, said that uh, B-52 nuclear bombers were based during the Cold War. That's where these ships were based out of. Mm -hmm. One incident mentioned by Captain Sellis took place on the morning of March 16, 1967. He was at the uh, Malstrom Air Force Base in Montana in an underground capsule when he was told by security forces that a red glowing object had been seen at the front gate of the base. One of the airmen was enjoying the clear morning sky when suddenly a star appeared from the sky moving in a zigzag manner. Well, first, that's not a star because stars mm-hmm. do not move in zigzag manners. This is actually the same story that I was that I was trying to uh, well, I was going to tell you about this this story that happened in the '60s. This is the very one. Well, then why didn't you tell us about it? This was just released earlier in the week. This was not. Yes, it was. It wasn't. I can pull up. It was like March 25th, I think, of no, 2021. I, I watched uh, a documentary on it. Oh, boy. Like two well, years ago. I watched Sesame Street, too. That don't make me Mr. Snuffleupagus. That, that makes a lot of sense. Did you what? watch Sesame Street still? I didn't say I watched it now. Huh? Well. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this report... Uh, Goes on to say that uh, I think he got a little offended by that. Yeah, he <laughs> no, no. He goes, I didn't say I watched it. Now. <laughs> I didn't get offended by that, dude. It's comedy. You got your. Offended you have to face laugh on. and you have your on. offended face on. I hope nothing happens to you. <laughs> uh, anyway, one of the airmen reported to Salas uh, what he'd saw, and he told him to keep an eye on the lights. Firstly, it did not concern Salas because he thought maybe his colleagues were joking. Uh, sometime after, he called the uh, control tower and uh, was shocked to hear them uh, frightened and shouting as they were watching a UFO hovering outside the front gate. I really can't describe it. It's a glowing red object. What are we supposed to do? Make sure the site is secure and I'll phone the command post. Uh, And that is what Salas instructed them to do. Mm -hmm. And again, that happened on... March sixteenth, nineteen sixty-seven. Well, and that story goes on to say that uh, that, that whatever phenomenon or craft or whatever actually went hey or made the uh, the nu- nuclear 
missile that was in the yeah it made ten deactivate yeah it was going crazy yes like the, their computer system was was going nuts and I think they even said that it was it it started to um, like it started down the countdown process mm-hmm. like they were going to launch and then it shut everything down it was wow so you think the UFOs were just messing with them yeah I think they were I think they were just destroying those things what do you think about that I actually completely agree with Cronkite that they were destroying the servers. Mm-hmm. See, Cronkite's got some ideas and stuff. So you two are going to like team up on me, correct? Mm-hmm. That's how. Yeah, this exactly. is what's going to happen. You know, when you when you said, <laughs> you even laughed when you said that. <laughs> when you well, said uh, when you said I really hope nothing happens to you. I had a flashback of of uh, what was the lady's name that wrote the email? Uh, the one that earlier that mm-hmm. we read. Uh, I dropped it. I can oh, pick it back up. No, no, no. That's fine. I, I just had I just had a uh, a flash that she was sitting there typing. She, God, these. These boys, they're just so nice, and they know it. I hope they don't get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> What's this website called? I can go check it out. Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated. Because I don't feel like it's military. Uh, no, it's, it's it's not. It's definitely not military. It's it's affiliated with military, but it only um, only like a uh, you have like, to have special clearance as too. a business consultant. Okay, kind of kind of military stuff. Like they're they're involved. more than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're involved heavily with the military. They're not military, though. Okay. So they're a there, private there's company. There's no crime to be committed. No. So, I mean, because well, you are a U.S. patriot. You have every little right exactly. to go look at that website. Check it out. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to check it out. And, and <laughs> you even you even called them. Do you want to try to call them again? Do you want me to call them again? Well, not right now because we're going to take a break. Okay. Well, then, yeah. So, I'll call them again. But uh, we're going to. Again? No. Okay. No. <laughs> That, that that was funny. I'm surprised we didn't get any emails on that about how funny it was. You almost gave your personal cell phone number out. Well, listen, I I was caught up in the moment. <laughs> caught up in the moment? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. I was so comfortable around this microphone stand that you gave me that well, I good. just couldn't. Good. I just didn't realize I was on the show. Good. And that's the way it should be. But we're going to take a break. And we're going to have Elliot's articles. I knew Ned said. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to come back in segment two. And dive a little more into Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated. You are listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum on the Here to Chew Bubblegum podcast. With Goose, Cronkite, and PB. We'll be right back. Researching the inner workings of the net to bring you stories of the strange and unusual. It's Elliot's articles on Here to Chew Bubblegum. Take it away, Elliot. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Elliot from Elliot's articles on the Here to Chew Bubblegum podcast. Now, I'm going to be answering a little bit of listener email from uh, last week. And then I've got a uh, story that I, you know, we've been talking about a little bit uh, in our group chat, and I didn't really think I would do this, but. Uh, after I got a suggestion from a reader, uh, I think I'm going to jump into that this week. And that is the 13th album from the Beatles, Everyday Chemistry. And we'll look into that just a little bit later. But first, uh, Tara asked what movie I'm going to see when the pandemic's over. I am a huge Ghostbusters fan. Probably my favorite movie of all time. Uh, so, of course, I'm going to go watch Ghostbusters After Afterlife. It looks amazing. 
Uh, I'm hoping it's going to do the series proud. We'll see. Uh, Loki from Planet X asked about what our opinions were about of uh, COVID. Um, as someone who has had family members uh, who have went through a fight with COVID, I absolutely believe it is a thing. Uh, its origins, though, I don't know. It's it's a very tricky subject. And I also agree with uh, Cronkite and Goose. It is kind of strange that it affects so many different people differently. Uh, Mary from Ohio actually asked uh, if we had uh, read a book by L Reverend Lionel Fanthorpe. I have not read that, but I will be reading that. It looks very interesting, and uh, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Uh, I am going to uh, order Mysteries and Secrets of Time as soon as I possibly can. So thank you for that. And uh, Tanya uh, from Kentucky, you know, God bless you, Tanya. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. Uh, I'm glad that this podcast can uh, help you get through those tough times. Uh, please keep listening. And uh, if you've got any suggestions for anything that you want to hear, please just reach out to us. Uh, you can get Goose and Cronkite at their emails, Ned and I, or uh, at here to chew bubblegum at yahoo.com. Uh, we'll help you any way we can. Thank you so much. And finally, Greg from West Virginia. You know, it's, <laughs> it's so strange. Because as Cronkite said, um, you know, Ned and uh, Goose and, and Cronkite and myself, we all have a um, group chat that we talk about, you know, topics going on and, and, and looking into things. And I mentioned the other day uh, about everyday chemistry, I, just out of the blue. Uh, I've really been looking into a lot of synchronicity stuff lately and, and why things happen when they happen and for reasons why they happen. And uh, I think it's pretty interesting that you would bring up <laughs> everyday chemistry right after I had mentioned that. So I'm going to look into it real quick, let you all uh, know a little bit about it if you've not heard of it. It's a very interesting story, either way, whether it's true or not. So uh, taken from a Wikipedia article, um, Everyday Chemistry is a remix album of unknown authorship, and yes, to this day, it is unknown. It became a free digital download on September 9th, 2009, and it what it does is it's supposedly a the Beatles' 13th album that somebody found when they went to a different dimension. Now, I found an excellent article about this. If you will go to the website medium.com, and look for John Carrison's article called Everyday Chemistry, the story behind the greatest Beatles album that never existed. Um, here's what he says about it. James Richards is a man in hiding. That is to say, he's seemingly impossible to track down. His website gives away no clue to his real identity. We do know that Richards is an alias, and his email address can only be traced back to the headquarters of a Yahoo.com subsidiary. Now, his, uh, his website, real quick, straying away from the article, is thebeatlesneverbrokeup.com. You can listen to the entire album on thebeatlesneverbrokeup.com. And it has a picture of the album. It's an old cassette tape with the handwritten uh, you know, uh, uh, track list. It's, it's really a neat story. But his story starts in an isolated patch of Californian desert called Del Puerto Canyon. Photos on his website show an arid, barren bowl of a landscape, circumscribed by imposing, jagged mountain ranges. 
It is, to be blunt, the arse end of nowhere in a way that only the American West can pull off. It was here, Richards claims, that while in hot pursuit of his runaway dog, he tripped and knocked himself unconscious, kick-starting the most amazing experience of his life. When he came to, he found himself in an unfamiliar room containing numerous commonplace household furnishings as well as a strange and otherworldly electronic machine. Outside, he could hear the hum of traffic, a sound unfamiliar to the lifeless expanses of Del Puerto. Richard soon discovered the room belonged to a man named Jonas. Jonas, it turned out, was from a parallel dimension. Now, the account on Richard's website goes on to explain the concept behind this rather unusual occurrence as a kind of transdimensional tourism. You've probably not heard of that, and it doesn't exist here, and only in the other here. So think of uh, Club 18 to 30 Holiday, but instead of ending up in uh, Magaluf, you find yourself in an alternate reality. And instead of suffering the legroom deficiency of a budget airline, you face the prospect of teleporting straight over a cliff edge, or maybe onto a train track, or into a gigantic Ikea. This horror aside, according to the article, existence hopping is a fairly commonplace pastime for the residents of Earth, claims Richards. The other Earth, that is. And it was during one of these trips that Jonas stumbled across the failed dog walker and decided to take him back to his own universe so he could bandage his head. In an increasingly unbelievable recollection, Richards goes on to describe the intricacies of this alternate dimension, a collection of sci-fi tropes that, when boiled down, can be summarized by two earth-shattering differences between this world and ours. Firstly, the ketchup there is purple. I know, I'm as amazed as you all. And for a time there, we did have purple ketchup. I remember, we had green, we had purple, it was all the rage. But, you know, in that, in that dimension, ketchup is purple all the time. Secondly, the Beatles are still together. This, he testifies, is how he happened upon and stole from the bedroom of his rescuer the Beatles album that never existed, what we call everyday chemistry. Now, the problem with trying to debunk a story about a parallel universe is that it is, in its very nature, impossible. No matter how bold the claims and no matter how cliched the storytelling, there is no surefire way to disprove any of the above. What's more, the proof Richard supposedly brought back with him is there for all to see, or more precisely here. All 11 tracks of the non-existent album are available online, on that website that I told you about, thebeatlesneverbrokeup.com. And perhaps even stranger than the discolored condiments of an alternate existence is the fact that, you know, these, album, these tracks on the album are actually pretty decent. So, let's talk about those, uh, let's talk about those tracks real quick. Because, like I said... It's, it's actually a really good album. Um, there are 11 songs on the album. Here are the titles of those songs. Four Guys, Talking to Myself, Anybody Else, Sick to Death, Jen, spelled J-E-N-N, I'm Just Sitting Here, Soldier Boy, Over the Ocean, Days Like These, Saturday Night, and Mr. Gator's Swamp Jamboree. Now, none of these are original tracks. If you listen to them closely, you can hear parts of songs from the various Beatles uh, solo albums. And somebody has taken those and taken parts and bits and Frankenstein them into new songs. Um, crazy songs. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like Four Guys, the first song on the uh, album. 
basically has parts from John Lennon's song, I'm Moving On, Paul McCartney's song, Band on the Run, George Harrison's song, When We Was Fab, Ringo Starr's song, Vertical Man, uh, and other other little bits. Like there, there's an interview from uh, the Anthology One the, that features the, the Beatles. So what most critics say is that this isn't a Beatles album from an alternate dimension. It's just someone has taken bits and parts from songs and made new new songs out of them. Now, what John Richards says is that that's not the case. In fact, the Beatles never broke up, and all of these ideals for songs were already in the heads of the Beatles. So instead of putting them on solo albums, they've just brought them together and they're on this album in different ways. It's it's frankly it's it's a strange story, but it's an amazing track. Just give the album a listen. TheBeatlesNeverBrokeUp.com. It's it's a pretty awesome story, and it's pretty out there, I know. But but give it a chance. I think you might like it. Now, I'm not saying I believe it. I'm not saying I don't believe it. I am saying that as a as a music lover, the album is fantastic. Um, it's probably not the greatest Beatles album, but, you know, what can you say? Um, it does remind me, though, if you are into this stuff, there is a great album called The Grey Album. And what The Grey Album is, it's by a, a DJ called Danger Mouse. And he took the Beatles' White Album and Jay-Z's Black Album, and he mixed them all together, and he produced one of the greatest remix albums I've ever heard. So if you're really wanting to look into that, it's Danger Mouse's Grey Album. Check that out. Um, but yeah, so Everyday Chemistry. It's a very, very strange story, but it's one that I think, you know, you should give it a listen to. I just think that stuff like this makes the world interesting. And you need to try your best to get interesting sometimes and not not take everything so seriously. So give Everyday Chemistry a listen if you can. It's great. Please, like I said, check out the Medium.com article. Um, it is Everyday Chemistry, the story behind the greatest Beatles album that never existed. It's by uh, John Carrison. It was written on May 23rd, 2014. It also introduces another mystery, that of the band Clawtu. I think you all will enjoy that one as well. But uh, do check that out. Check out the BeatlesNeverBrokeUp.com if you want to listen to that album. Like I said, it's amazing. Uh, you can email. I've, I emailed. I never got a, an answer back, but you might get one. Who knows? But once again, dear listeners, thank you for listening. Stay vigilant. Elliot, out. Greetings. We come in peace. The City of Cold Run Village Mayor Andrew Scott and City Commissioners Beverly Joe Osborne, Big Joe Atkins, Trey Deskins, and Mike Steele encourage you to shop local. With over 200 businesses, the City of Cold Run Village offers games, restaurants, gas, auto parts, cars, and much more. You'll find all of this and more in the City of Cold Run Village. Shop local and shop often. It's now time for Ned Said on Here to Chew Bubblegum. Vampires can't eat garlic bread.
segment two, Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated. And you're smiling from ear to ear. Why? Why are you smiling? Did they call you back? They did not call me back. They no. did not call me back. Did you notice anybody following you in black vehicles this week? No. no I mean, well, I really didn't pay attention. Okay. But, uh, I mean, I'm not really worried about it as mm-hmm. much as probably I should be, but okay. I'm not. Uh, the, uh, but I don't know. I just look. I just look forward to this segment all week. Me too. Me too. Um, you mentioned the email before we left about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll read that email again. It was from uh, Jesse from Virginia. Mm-hmm. So what's in Virginia? Uh, Washington. Right. You know. Yeah. Hey, Goose, Cronkite, Ned, and Elliot, I love the show, and I want to thank you for taking time to educate me on reports that I've never heard of. UFOs and ETs are real. We know what we know, and if people don't want to listen, they won't. That's the reason why uh, true believers need to stick together and fight for our family, the UFO family. I love you guys and don't want anything to happen to you guys. Roswell. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Jesse's just sitting there right in the oh. <laughs> These four guys, I just probably don't get well, you know, murdered. You know, reading that again as we're getting ready to stop this segment, and it's from Virginia. Um, I wonder if it's somebody on the inside from Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated. It could, it could be. Did you get the Did you get the email that I got? This yes, week? from Terry. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I have not had time to dissect it. We've talked about it a little bit. Uh, I think there could be a hidden code in that in that email. Really, you think so? Yes. Why do you say with that? some of the wording, how their their spaces and some of the words, mm-hmm. uh, and I've not had time to dissect it, but I will before next week's show. Would you like me to read the email? Yes, please read the email. It says, uh, "You are so close." Ingersoll Lockwood is only a symptom. The ink and black is still around. The form is different. Your discussion was close. What were the discs searching for? The train that the train interrupted. Something is loose in your part of the woods. Hellier was was home to some, but not all. They are watching. And like you said, the way that it's written, there 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 could be a code. Eh? Yes, it is spaced out. So certain words are spaced. Yeah, uh, and, and, and not by space between words and words, but well, like spaces in in the center of the spelling. Well, take like the first three that are spaced out. Right. And see if it is going to spell anything. You, Ingersoll. Let's say you. Discussion. So, no, I mean like the first letter that's spaced out. What's right. the first one that's spaced out? Y. Y? Yes, okay. the, the letter Y. Okay, and then what's the second one? Uh, it is, well, the next word is Ingersoll. Okay, but what's the next letter that's spaced out? Uh, N. Okay, so Y, N. Yes. What about the third one? E. Y N E. I don't really spell anything, does it? Y N E. Fourth one is T. Y N E T. Yeah. Maybe there you go. Write those down. Yeah. Yeah. It could be an abbreviation to something. See, now he's clicking there. He's he's talking about how I was going to dissect it, and he's writing it down. Y N E T Y W Y Net. Mm. Could be something. It could be something. That was a very good point, PB, Mm -hmm. that you said it could be like an initial for something. Have you found anything else? 
No, but just like I said, the that's the only ones that the the letters are spaced yeah. out. But like, um, well, you know, and you could do it several different ways. When I get time this week, I'll try to go through and see if it deciphers into anything else. Uh, y n e t y u, and that could be a website. It could. So we'll have to check that out. But we are talking about Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to their website again this week, and uh, I was uh, I took some notes and screenshots. Um, when you first go to their website, there's still a warning that comes up that says, you know, it's for the FBI, CIA, uh, Department of Defense, U.S. Patriots, yada, yada, yada. You have to click and agree or just exit that out, and then you can view the website. <clears throat> when you get to the website, there is a strong caption that says no ll linwood is not ingersoll lockwood but we and we is capitalized support him and you should too follow our donate buttons and you'll be landing on ll woods campaign to save america please donate uh, and then a button is on the website to donate now do you know who ll linwood is that's what i was getting ready to ask okay ll linwood is Lucian Lincoln. He's also known as Lynn Wood Jr. He was born October 19, 1952. He's an American attorney and conspiracy theorist based in Atlanta, Georgia. He became known as a celebrity attorney specializing in uh, deflamination lawsuits. Did I say that right? Def- defamation. Defamation lawsuits. Sorry. Just, just defamation. Defamation lawsuits. Sorry. Got tongue tied. Woods first <clears throat> media attention in relation to his representation of Richard Jewell, the security guard falsely accused of the Centennial Olympic Park bombing in Atlanta in 1996. Now, what is what did he do with with Richard Jewell? He is his, he was his attorney. The defense attorney. No, he was he was hired by Richard Jewell to be his attorney. Yes, he was his defense attorney. <laughs> so this goes back to the Atlanta Olympics bombing. Well, L. Lynn Wood does, but you know they make it clear on the Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated that they're not him. But they do support him, and they say we, and we's capitalized. And there's even a link to donate to Lynn Wood Jr. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So. Well, the, in the Constitution, we is capitalized. We, the people. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That, that would be interesting. Oh, wow. So, you know, um, let's see. I've got a little bit more here if you're interested. Absolutely. Uh, on L. Lynn Wood. After Joe Biden won the presidential election, Wood promoted conspiracy theories on Trump's behalf, claiming that Trump had won the election with 70% of the vote and that a secret um, group of international communists, Chinese intelligence, and Republican officials had contrived to steal the election from Trump. Sometimes in association with Trump attorney Sidney Powell, Wood litigated on President Trump's behalf in many failed lawsuits, which sought to prevent the certification of legally cast ballots in the presidential election. Now, how does that tie in to Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated? It's simple. Ingersoll Lockwood is the guy that wrote the books 
The Misadventures of Baron Trump. Yes. You've got L. Linwood that represented Trump. Mm-hmm. Now wh- that's how it's tied in. Now they are they are supporting his campaign for what? Uh, Inger Saw Lockwood. Mm-hmm. They're supporting his campaign to save America. To presidency or no, no, just to save America. What does that mean? That means that you can press donate on the Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated, and it takes you to a site on PayPal where you can donate to Lynn Wood's campaign to save America. Mm. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't like that. (laughs) I need more information. (laughs) Okay, all right. In addition to representing Richard Jewell and Trump, I mean, but you see the connection between the attorney... Uh, Ingersoll Lockwood, mm-hmm. Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated, and Trump. You see the connection there. I do. Okay. In addition to representing Jewel and Trump, Wood has also represented the family of John Bonet Ramsey and former Representative Gary Condit uh, in his lawsuits. He is also hired by Republican political candidate Herman Cain. Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated. Uh, well, this this goes on to say some other stuff, but that's the stuff on. Uh, L. Lynn Wood. So what I'm noticing from Lynn, well, uh, there's also another there's also another um, connection that you're possibly not making. Is okay, that he is a lawyer. So Ingersoll Lockwood was also an attorney, a, a lawyer. Yes, as well. yes, and, and and I did not make that connection. What I'm getting from that is that he is a high profile attorney. Attorney. So wow. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting. You know, when I found out who he was, and when he first. When I first seen, you know, that he came to national attention as representing Richard Jewell. Mm-hmm. And then when I read that he was Trump's attorney, one of Trump's attorney, I'm like, that's a connection. Absolutely. That's a connection to Ingersoll Lockwood, the Absolutely. author. Definitely. You know, because he mentions Trump, you know, in his in his novels that was wrote in the late 1890s. It's crazy. <laughs> you're, you're crazy. You're, 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 <clears throat> you're, you're like a... A fat kid looking at a piece of cake right now. I am now. a fat kid. I went, there's a honey <laughs> bun over there. <laughs> um, would you like me to kind of go with mine a little bit? Sure. So I didn't kind of go. Uh, I know you've got some more information oh, on, yes. the, on the people. Uh, uh, yeah, and and on the website, I have a little bit more information. Okay. So I kind of went uh, the opposite route, and I started researching the the actual building where Ingersoll Lockwood is housed out of, okay. uh, and as well as. Uh, Ingersoll Lockwood as far as what they've done. Uh, so, 1717 Pennsylvania Avenue is where they're mm-hmm. located. And that is a multi-story building. I think it was like 10 or 13 stories. The The building's website actually says that its building occupants include prestigious law firms, Fortune 500 government affair offices, wealth management firms, and government agencies. Now, when you go to the website of the businesses that are in this building. Uh, most of them are business management and consulting firms uh, for uh, foreign affairs and things like that. Correct. So it's very, very interesting. and kind of ties back into what we were discussing as far as uh, the mission statement of Ingersoll Lockwood, which was uh, something, I don't have it in front of me, but it's something along the lines of uh, the Great Awakening. Right. Was, was, that, was that correct? Yes. That, yes, that, that is correct. In um, April of 2020, oddly enough, right around the same time that 
the uh, the the UFO videos were released. Um, Ingersoll Lockwood uh, has announced that the the acquisition of Cyber Defense Media Group, which will fold into its portfolio in the coming months, uh, nothing. Nothing is how CDMJ operates will change, with the exception of continued growth and additional focus on American exceptionalism, while we help spin out additional platforms for the global commerce, our commercial and international sectors in the coming months, said James Gorman, Vice Chairman of Ingersoll Lockwood. Uh, this is an incredible time for us, and I'm especially excited to be able to help other divisions of Ingersoll Lockwood as they solve complex problems in different market sectors, including cybersecurity, healthcare, critical infrastructure, <clears throat> big data, AI, and space. Uh, this also gives me a chance to help cross-pollinate activities and investments that we're doing in Stony Lonesome Group, uh, where we focus exclusively in, on investing in U.S. military veteran-run startups, said Gary S. Uh, Milifsky. Uh, chairman and CEO of Cyber Defense Media Group and publisher of Cyber Defense uh, Magazine. So what I'm noticing here is the major things that are happening right now in the world. Mm -hmm. Space travel. Yeah. Cyber security. Correct. AI. Um, and, of course, healthcare because we have a pandemic. And so... They set up in that location last April, correct? Or that, that's when they became the Cyber Defense? Mm -hmm. Well, no, no. Uh, Cyber Defense Media Group existed before. Right. Ingersoll Lockwood absorbed them. Okay. Uh, and Cyber Defense Media Group's uh, on their website says, uh, Global InfoSec Knowledge Platforms Awards Magazine, Radio, TV, and much more. So they are a large, very large media group. Yes, they are. So we know that a lot of a lot of things are controlled through the media, through magazine, through uh, social media, which are on the internet. You know, uh, everything is on the internet. They now have the ability to control. Right. <clears throat> well, uh, that that is fascinating. I did not make that connection. Uh, the rabbit hole gets deeper. Indeed. Uh, also on their website, Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated, it says that hits has a DUNS, a CAGE code, and a SADBU records that are on file with DOD.gov, Department of Defense.gov. Mm -hmm. Now, a DUNS number is a nine-digit number um, that is assigned to businesses in locations in the DMB database. Uh, they have a unique and separate and distinct operation for the purpose of identifying them. Okay. Uh, certain U.S. numbers, agencies, requires that a vendor, if you deal with a U.S. government agency, you have to have a DUNS number, okay? A CAGE code is the Commercial and Government Entity Code. It is a unique identifier assigned to suppliers to various government or defense agencies, as well as government agencies between the various organizations. Um Let's see. Within the U.S., any organization wishing to be a supplier with the Department of Defense is issued a CAGE code by the Defense Logistics Information System. Uh, this organization uh, serves the U.S. NCB. An entity issued a CAGE code must be reviewed every five years. So if you're going to work with the Department of Defense, uh, 
you have to be issued those things. Now, a SADBU record, uh, when I Googled that, the first thing that came up was the Freedom of Information Act definitions and so forth. That stands for small and disadvantaged businesses. Uh, you dis- small and disadvantaged businesses utilization, SADBU. That is an organization of small businesses owned by veterans or disabled veterans or people, there you go, with government connections presently or in the past. Uh, do you have anything else to add before? That's crazy because I, I just I literally just said something about right. that. Um, investing in U.S. military-run startups, Lonesome Estonian Lonesome Group. Yes. Okay. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, if 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 you do, please go ahead because. Well, no, no. The the, the only other thing that I that I kind of <clears throat> dove into is uh, we we never could find any information mm-hmm. on Ingersoll Lockwood, or right. we couldn't find very much. So I was able to. Uh, Kind of find some information, uh, the, the author, not the right. not gotcha. You know, anyway. so I mean, we can kind of go through that if you want to. Yeah, um, yeah. So if anyone's not familiar with who he is, or you had more, didn't you? Um, I have more, but I can let you do that because you want me to go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> now, on the Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated site, it has a list of the board of directors. Mm-hmm. So I did some background on each of the listed board of directors. Mm-hmm. Ned's Ned's came in and he's shaking his head. No, he wants no part of it. Well, I could hear his phone over there dinging like crazy. Need to put it on silent. Stephen G. Samuels is the uh, United States uh, Department of Homeland Security founding member and chairman, and he also owns Stephen G. Samuels uh, LLC in Nevada, and it publishes the Cyber Defense Magazine. The uh, Cyber Defense Magazine mission statement is ethical, honest, passionate information security professionals for IT security professionals. Our mission is to share cutting-edge knowledge, real-world stories, and award on the best ideas, products, and services in the information technologies technology industry. Now, you named off radio, TV, internet. Magazine. That, that's all. That's all information. Mm -hmm. Now, the Cyber Defense Magazine is currently still published, and it's owned by Stephen G. Samuels, LLC. Okay, the second guy, the vice chairman, is James Gordon. He's retired from the U.S. Navy. Um, He has a background in environmental science, teaching slash testing, and program management. Mm. Okay. Uh, The third guy on their website is Board of Directors is retired U.S. Army uh, James Hess. He's he, he is a director. Almost no digital trail. Couldn't find anything on him. Hmm. Nothing at all. Very interesting. Okay. So his name is James Hess? James Hess. James Henderson, Department of Defense Consultant, active. So he currently works at the Department of Defense, and he's also on the Ingersoll uh, Lockwood Incorporated board of directors um, he has management control systems he's a consultant with over 36 years of experience in projects business and system managements with government and industry specializing in earned value management system developed and uh, implementation and yeah uh, recently retired from the department of defense so he's recently retired 
He, uh, he performs consulting services for industries in all phases of, manis- of management from January 2003 to June 2007. Guess where he worked at? Mm-hmm. NASA. Hmm. The Kennedy Space Center. Uh, he helped them promote and enhance discipline project management, contributing proactive to the realization, development, and implementation of NASA's uh, EVM policy and process including the process of evaluation leading to EVMS. We, uh, we get giggled about With that. the approval, oh, <laughs> PB farted again. I see. Uh, leading, leading with the appro- uh he was in a project at NASA where he also worked on uh, in their jet propulsion laboratory and helped develop it, helped uh, develop that. Now, January 2003 is about 18 months after Gary McKinnon hacked NASA computers. Okay. And they started building back up stronger, you know, ways to them not get hacked. Sure. He was there during that time. Plus, he also helped on the Jet Propulsion Laboratory Project. Uh, the other board of director is Timothy G. Golden. He is an Army veteran, retired police officer, and former prosecutor. He is a, an attorney and has sworn to protect and defend the Constitution as a soldier, a police officer, and now an attorney for those accused of a crime. Hmm. He's all on the board of directors. Now, this last one, I'm sorry, hit my microphone there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you've done it the whole show. <laughs> now, this last one, uh, Paul Hemphill, U.S. Army retired. He's an active board member at Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated. This may not be him, uh, but uh, to get their background, I had to sign up for a LinkedIn account <laughs> because, you know. It's just getting further I mean, you know, and further into this. <laughs> this was not available, so I had to sign in and create a LinkedIn account. <laughs> but here. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> So in order in order to get his background and more information, you gave them your background and your information. No, no, no. I gave them here to chew bubble gum. Okay, terrific. so you know, should have gave him Ned's information. Uh, actually, I think that the username I created was like Goose and Cronkite here to chew bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but there's it, it's it's a funny story. Why I was searching these guys, each one that I would search called you. No, oh. it would have recommended searches, and they were in order about who I was going to search next. Really on the LinkedIn side. Now on this Paul one, Paul Hemphill is in U.S. Army. He's uh, actively retired. He's on the board. There was only one there. And this may not be the right one because, you know, they said he was an author, a speaker, and a vet. Uh, and he does a lot of social and emotional growth uh, talks on students, teaching them the approach to American history. I think this is the right one because Inger Saul Lockwood, you know, is, is history. You learn about him from history. Not a whole lot, but, you know, what you can find, there's some there. Um, I'm sorry, he wasn't the last one. Al... Fulcino is a U.S. Patriot. Uh, he was the last one. He, this is the one that may not be. Uh, it says he's a winemaker. 
And uh, But it does say that one of his quotes was, Observing my grandfather, I learned that a man could take what seemed like nothing and make something wonderful. And uh, let's see. Oliver Valise Esquire is the director. He's on the board as well. He's the director and employee of the Cyber Defense Magazine. Mm. Now, the uh, the U.S. Patriot is the only wild card there. Yeah. yeah. Because everyone else has a background in cybersecurity, yeah. DOD, Homeland Security, things of that nature. He's a winemaker. High-level clearance. He's yeah. a winemaker. Yeah, he would be the like your citizen. You know, if you're going to put a board together and you would have people, he would be your real-world guy. I got you. I guess, you know, your average Joe. Right. So. It's very strange. I wonder why they picked him. I don't know. I don't know. It, it could have been based on, you know, his – maybe they all wanted to get drunk and they wanted him to bring the wine. Possible. So. Or maybe they just wanted something so far away from security. As them. As them. Um, it, it doesn't really – well, let's see. He was a winemaker, uh, radio host a long time ago on a local radio station up north. He's the owner of a – okay. Here's the reason they would have picked him. He's a owner and landscape company, and he also owns uh, some oil franchises. Energy. There it is. That's why okay. they would have picked him. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, so, for anyone who doesn't know who the person Ingersoll Lockwood that we're talking about, we're going to kind of recap it. Okay. If you're okay with that. Oh, yeah. Totally, totally. Take it away. So, this is the information that I could find on, on Ingersoll Lockwood himself. Uh, so, Ingersoll Lockwood was born on August 2nd. 1841, died September 30th, 1918. Uh, he was an American lawyer and writer. As a writer, he was particularly known for his Baron Trump children's novels. However, he wrote other children's novels as well as the dystopian novel 1900 or The Last President. Uh, he wrote a play, several nonfiction works, and he wrote some of the nonfiction under the pseudonym Erwin Longman. Uh, Lockwood was born in New York, uh, the son of Munson Ingersoll and Sarah Lewis. Uh, Lockwood, or Sarah Lewis Lockwood. Um, so Munson Lockwood, like his two brothers, Ralph and Albert, was a lawyer and intimate friend of Henry Clay. However, Munson primarily achieved prominence during his military service and civic activism. Uh, he was the general in the New York State Militia and commandment of its 7th Brigade. Uh, he was a great admirer of the Hungarian statesman and freedom fighter Lejos uh, Kusuth, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, and I apologize. But if you notice, Hungaria appears again. Yeah, and that's Nikola Tesla connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on, um, Lockwood had two brothers, Henry Clay Lockwood and Howard Lockwood. Uh, like his father and uncles, Ingersoll Lockwood trained as a lawyer, although his first position was a diplomat. In 1862, he was appointed counsel to the ki- uh, Kingdom of Hanover by Abraham Lincoln. Uh, at the time, he was the youngest member of the U.S. Uh, consular force and served in that post for four years on his return he established a legal practice in new york city with his older brother henry Uh, by the 1880s lockwood had established a parallel career as a lecturer and writer in 84 or 1884 he married winifred wallace tinker um, and she was an aspiring artist and they were divorced in 1892 that same year he married uh the same year she married. Oh my gosh! I thought yeah, he, he was married yeah. to her. No, uh, no, he, no. She she married uh, some guy that was a lawyer by profession and a, also 
uh, in the in the literary field. Right. Um, Lockwood spent his retirement years in Saratoga Springs, New York, where he published his last book, a collection of poetry entitled "In Varying Mood." or Jet Sam, Flot Sam, and Legan in 1912. It opens with a juxtaposed uh, photo- uh, photographs of Lockwood at age 35 and at age 70. In the preface, in the preface he, said, he wrote, The end has almost come. I'm only waiting for the signal to push off and begin my voyage uh, to the Isle of Blessed in the far west seas. Uh, I was troubled in my mind at first uh, for my little bark, staunch though it may be sat too deep in the water uh it was overladen with conceits uh that wouldn't be current and merchandise that wouldn't be sellable in the isle of bless overboard with it now that i have a lightened ship i feel better what what do you think he's saying there because this was the last thing that he wrote before he, he he's, passed he's getting ready to board the time ship and go to another time you know i've i've Read that before on the show and pointed that out. I mean, you could translate that as him saying farewell to this time. He's going to another one, and everything he has in this time, he can't he can't use where he's going. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's very true. Very. I mean, you know, interesting. The whole thing gets deeper and deeper. You know, and I'm sure we'll be doing some more research or something else will pop up. Definitely about Ingersoll Lockwood or Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated. Definitely. The fact that Richard Jewell's attorney is connected to them. Isn't that that, that blew my mind. I've never you know never in a million years would have thought that You know, and he's also connected to Trump. So Yeah. It's wild. You know. What was your thoughts on all of that, pretty boy? So that's formal. P B. Yes. All right. I'm sorry, P B. So with all you guys talking about this, I was just thinking about it. We all sound like Nicolas Cage trying to find out a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just, like the only thing that's going through my mind. Also, um, Ingl- what was that guy's name? Ingersoll. Ingersoll, yeah. yeah. I keep saying Ingles. That's, that's Spanish for <laughs> English. That's the wrong nationality, sir. <laughs> so their office, right, is 1717. Pennsylvania Avenue, Northwest, Washington, D.C., yeah. 2000, with three zeros, six. Mm-hmm. So I was just looking at 1717, or I was just looking at their location, and apparently uh, 1717 is actually an angel number, um, and it indicates that you have an important soul mission and life purpose that involves communicating, teaching, and healing others and serving humanity in a manner that suits your personality and natural abilities and interests. You know what's crazy is that's why that would explain why a lot of the businesses that are listed even say that they are working for Ingersoll Lockwood. So, like, as you guys were talking, I wasn't trying to, like, not pay attention. Right. I was just reading that, and I was like, that's crazy. That's, that's... also um, 1717, right? It's a, it's a Latin word meaning I have lived. And that goes with time travel. <laughs> that goes along with time travel. All right. If if this is not something that we're thinking it is, this is probably the greatest hoax of all time. This this is not hoax, and all this stuff is not by chance. None of this is by chance. That's this amazing. is all connected. Like I never, I never, I didn't think to research the number. Yeah, the, the biblical reading, number. Like, that's crazy. That's that's a good call. You know, the reason why I saw that is because I was looking up the location, and I got into this guy on on Twitter, and he said, "Bro, seventeen seventeen, and he just put out the the address. So I kind of looked it up. I was like, "What does seventeen seventeen mean?" And then it says it's an angel number. You can even look it up. 
That's fascinating. And it even kind of says something about that in their mission statement. It talks about uh, the Great Awakening yeah. and bettering humanity yeah. and things like that. That's, yeah. Wow. So, wow. PB coming in strong with the mind <laughs> Good blog. job, brother. Good job. <laughs> nice work, dude. We're going to take a break and come back and uh, have some listener text and continue the Truth Is Out There series. Do we think that this is the end of Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated being Absolutely. discussed on the show? Absolutely not. I totally agree with you. No, and he, he just brought up a very interesting point. Yes, and, and uh, we're you and I are going to continue doing research, and our um, you know our listeners, please if, feel if free to do research. Please send something to us. You know, definitely, definitely. This is this is the one segment that I look forward to every time we talk about. Me too, Elliot. We need to do you, you need to do a segment yourself yes. and Elliot's articles on Ingersoll Lockwood and Ingersoll Lockwood Incorporated. We challenge you. Challenge. Uh, but like I said, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back with listener text and the truth is out there. Series continued. Question of the week responses and an all new question of the week. You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. With Pretty Boy. Attaboy. <laughs> Goose and Cronkite. We'll be right back. Are you a horror movie fan? Yeah, I dig horror movies. Are you searching for a great internet horror talk radio show to listen to? Why, sure. That sounds quite spiffy. Then you need to tune in to DeadPit.com. It's the original horror talk radio show. DeadPit is a show by the fans and for the fans. Uncensored and unbiased opinions are their goal of the show, giving fans honest reviews on new films and vintage classics of the horror genre. Make DeadPit.com your number one horror station destination. You can always call, text, or leave a voicemail for Here to Chew Bubblegum, 606-373-3396. You can also send an email to goose at heretochewbubblegum.com or cronkite at heretochewbubblegum.com. To here to chew bubble gum. This is PB. I'm here with Goose and Cronkite. Very well. Like Good that. job. Good I job. applaud you. <laughs> Even Ned said it was. What did you say? Fabulous. It's a spa Fabulous. boy. Fabulous. Fabulous. Not boys. <laughs> <clears throat> is that what you said, Ned? Oh, well, spa voice. Yes, oh. spa voice. I said oh. spa voice. Hmm. I didn't think of that. I just had a thought, but I'm not going to say Well, that. I mean, sure. <clears throat> no. We're yeah. going to read some listener text. I've got some in front of me. PP's got some in front of him, and Cronkite has some in front of him. I certainly do. Starman94 says, great show last week, guys. Here to chew bubblegum is my ear candy addiction. I like being ear candy, don't you? I love it. Dixon09 says, Goose, Cronkite, Ned, and Elliot, you guys are amaze me every week. Great job on last week's episode. I really appreciate the free entertainment level that Here to Chew Bogan provides. Roswell, my friends. Thanks, Very you. Good. I have Thompson here. He said, hello, Goose, Cronkite, Ned, and Elliot. Your show makes my commute and being stuck in the Lexington traffic go by fast. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Very well. All too well with that Lexington traffic. <laughs> uh, Beth says, hey, Cronkite, 
The secret movie that you talked about on last week's show is amazing. I watched it on YouTube. It motivated me not only in my daily routine, but my job as well. Thank you for sharing that with us, Roswell. Definitely. And also, if there's something else you want to uh, research, there is a, I don't know his name, uh, but he... It'll be hard to research if you don't know his name. You know what? I'll find his name. I don't know his name at Google. Are you done? Yes. Okay. Uh, if you re- At Google.com. Go ahead. If you looked up the secret on YouTube, it should be one of the one of the uh, one of the one of the possible videos that should pop up. But he is uh, he kind of goes through like meditations and stuff like that, which is I've been watching him. He's pretty cool. Uh, you kind of look into that. I'll, I'll get his name for next week's show. Yes, please do that. And what was her name? Uh, her name was Beth. All right, Beth. I will make that my number one priority. You want to read your next one? Sure. Amanda says, I'm a new listener and just started listening last week. Love the show. Thanks, Amanda. I have Ella. She says, when can we expect some YouTube videos from you guys out in the field? Very soon. It's a good question. It's uh, raining here today as we are recording. So hopefully, we're going to try to do some by the end of March. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. Hopefully by the end of April, we'll have some up out in the field. Yeah, definitely. And, you know... um, we haven't really decided what we're going to do first. I think we were talking about doing the Random Nautica. Yeah, we're going to do Random Nautica. We're uh, going to play that. And then we'll just kind of go from there. As most of our shows and stuff go, uh, we usually end up down a rabbit hole anyway. So yeah. we'll just start with that. Definitely, definitely. Tyler says, I know this has been asked before and you guys commented on it. Uh, do you guys think that disclosure will happen within the next three years? Yes. Roswell? Goose says yes. What do you think? Um... June think, the 1st, man. Open up the show with that USA Today article, June the 1st. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. But now, if we if we believe the time travelers, it won't be until 2028. That's a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the next three years. That's seven years. So, what do you think? Do you think the clo- disclosure is going to happen in the next, what, three years? I don't three years. think so. You don't think so? Ooh. I don't think so. Why? Uh, there's just too much that people are keeping away from us. I agree. I agree. Now, I mean, it's... Uh, like will, it's, now, will they let out some information for us? Yes. Well, it was like... I think it was last week we talked mm-hmm. about... I said, um, you know, until there's actually... They can't deny it any longer. There's an actual publicized landing. It's mainstream news. I don't think they're going to... You don't gonna, think they can deny it? I don't think they're going to be saying much. Well, you could be right. Moving on, we're going to talk about a triangle-shaped UFO that was captured moving silently. It is as well another uh, MUFON case, but it happened a few years ago. But before we do that, we're going to talk about uh, the triangle UFO, also known as the TR-3B. For those of you that don't know, the TR-3B is a real ship that the... um, I think it's the Air Force maybe has a patent on it. It's U.S. patent number 20060145019A1. Uh, It was invented by John St. Clair. That's a mystery figure that we've discussed on the show before. The TR-3B is a spacecraft having a triangular hull with vertical electrostatic line charges on each corner that produce a horizontal electronic field parallel to the sides of the hull. This field uh, interacting with a plane wave emit by antennas on the side of the hull. This generates force 
per volume combining both lift and propulsion. Uh, and like I said, the United States Air Force did produce and currently maintains the TR-3B. Now, this sighting is uh, a MUFON case. It happened in El Paso, Texas on uh, August 31st, 2018. Uh, story goes on to say that the sky over El Paso, Texas, a driver that was driving stopped and recorded what appeared to be a glowing triangular-shaped UFO. The object was moving completely silent. Um, there's also video of this. I'll give you the case number at the end of the story. Uh, the video shows the uh, object flying at a high speed of a mysterious glowing triangle and uh, surprised not only by the unique form, but also its bright backlight. In addition, the UFO moved soundlessly uh, and could be mistaken for an extraterrestrial aircraft. Although there are many reports of triangle-shaped craft, all researchers, uh, let's see, they rarely capture uh, any type of media attention, the triangle UFO shapes. Mm -hmm. American researchers of extraterrestrial civilizations and the aliens are surprised by the capture of this type of flying craft. Every year the aliens appear on the planet more often and are manifested more and more in an amazing way. What could it be? Some observers carefully analyzed the material in the video and verified that it was authentic. Uh, the webmaster B.J. Booth of the UFO casebook did note that it was unusual that the car seemed to be paced with the UFO so well. Mm -hmm. um, talking about the 3R3B, mm -hmm. the, the images that uh, PB just showed me there, there was yeah. a TikTok video of. that showed that exact thing uh, over the city in New York. And it yeah. was, I mean, clear as yeah. day. Yeah, that was just, what, like a couple weeks ago, yeah. three, four weeks ago? It's not been very long ago at all. So the... Um, guy that saw this and videoed it said that he was driving to work. He noticed a strange light in a triangle shape going toward the horizon. He took out his cell phone and took pictures in a short video with his Samsung Galaxy S8. So awesome. Did you give him a thum thumbs up there? It's an awesome phone. Good yeah. job. And the picture quality was amazing. Uh, it said that he was on his way to work. Uh, it happened at 625 in the morning. Uh, he stared at the sunrise as usual because I have to stop at a red light right before I get on the freeway to work. After a few minutes, I glanced to the right and saw a glowing triangle and thought it was weird. So again, he took several pictures and a short video with his Samsung Galaxy S8. Clearest it was still new ever. to him. iPhone has pretty good video, my friend. Uh, it was still new to me, and I noticed afterwards that the phone does an amazing thing automatically. Yes, it does. It stabilized the video on its own. Yes, yes, I did zoom in on the object, and luckily it worked perfectly. Even if it's unexplainable, even if it's explainable, it is an interesting video and pictures. And for more information, you can look up MUFON case number 94699. Again, MUFON case number 94699. So, we've talked on the show... You know, we just mentioned TR-3B. It is real. It does exist. It has uh, been produced and maintained by the United States Air Force. Mm -hmm. I think that what he saw was a man-made UFO flown by men or women pilots. What do you think? It's very true. I do. Uh, if, if he's looking at a sunrise, he said it was an orange triangle. It could have been very easily the reflection. Uh, it, you would expect it... Uh, you would expect it to be an orange color if it were in the atmosphere because of being the sunrise and the right. pollution in the atmosphere. Now, 
think for a minute, and I don't, I don't think we've ever mentioned this on the show, but a lot of these uh, triangle sightings that were spotted in the 80s, I think those were man-made as well. Think so? You think the Phoenix light was uh, this craft? You don't really see a triangle with some of the Phoenix light videos. You see more of yeah, a... Line. Yeah. 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 And I, I think the Phoenix light videos would have been too big to be a TR-3B. Okay. That's just my thoughts on it. What do you think? Mm, well, the, uh, there was there was a certain video around the same time as the Phoenix Lights that was a triangle-shaped craft that was flying over the desert and over several small towns. Okay, so well, was, what if they, the Phoenix Lights, the, what caused that, the, the big one that was all in a straight line, and what if that was not from this earth? And then they hop into TR-3B to go try to get a closer look or do some kind of, you know. That's possible. Mission. Yeah, very so. Very so. so. What's your th- is that the first time you saw a picture of the TR-3B? Yes. What do you think about it? It's really cool. Could what definitely is it? be mistaken for a UFO, for sure. Or a drone. Or a drone. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Uh, did you know our but government? it's too steady and it doesn't make any noise. Yeah. Right. And drone, drones are loud. Yeah. They are, yes, very much so. So did you know our government even had a ship that looked like no, that? No, I did not. So, you know, and that's where we talked about earlier. I think some of the stuff is man-made. Some of the stuff is extraterrestrial. Now, there's a there's a, there's a a aircraft that military has. I don't know what it's called, but it usually gets um, images from the sky. I mean, they're in the sky, and they're, like, looking at what's down. They're kind of like... A triangle, like a boomerang type of thing. Don't know what it's called. I forgot. It's black though. Is it a long one? Or? It's a big long one. Yeah. No, they have the SR seventy one Blackbird. But yes, Blackbird. Okay, so the Blackbird. It was a. Uh, but you can't really see a Blackbird. I've never seen one. Uh, you. They fly at such high altitude, exactly. and such fa- so fast that you don't really you can't really see them. And I'm not sure if they have lights under them. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. So that's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Uh, we're going to move on to some question of the week responses. The Aurora was being developed, I think. The Aurora project was being developed to uh, replace the Blackbird. That may be what you're talking about. Okay. You want Question to- of the week. With COVID-19 still around, are you going anywhere this summer? Brad says, nope. <laughs> uh, Ryan says, yes, Baltimore. Jacob says, hell Yeah. <laughs> Bobby says insane. I'm going insane. I'm, I'm right there with him on that one. Uh, George says nothing scheduled until next year. Justin says yes. I work hard. I work on the road. I am certified for COVID in the workplace uh, through who I'm assuming is World Health Organization <laughs> and OSHA. And I have uh, had the luxury of speaking with two different infectious disease doctors. I take vitamin C, 500 IU of B. I, I don't know what IU is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and zinc, no hand sanitizer soap, no hand sanitizer soap only. I wear the correct mask at appropriate times, uh, and I don't wear them outside. I'm ready to travel. Plus, uh, we are most likely in a simulation, so it doesn't really matter. Plus, young Brad is going to the Ernest Festival in Tennessee this year, and I have to, I have to drag him out. We really do need to find out if there's an Ernest Festival. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd like to go to that. <laughs> Definitely. So I have Kenneth. Uh-huh. He said he's going to Texas midsummer. Uh, in Maine this fall. So, but for me, I, Maine is so boring. I've been to Maine a few times. <laughs> oh, have you actually? Yeah. Have you ever saw anything in Maine? Uh, lobsters and lots of fish. So I feel like uh, 
clam chowder, go to Maine. <laughs> I've been to Maine. Uh, you look like clam chowder sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I've been to Maine a couple times. I've never seen anything. I've, I've never been to Maine. But I, I have to agree with him. Have saying, you ever been to Spain? Very boring. Huh, what? Uh, <laughs> are you just saying words that rhyme now? No. Have you ever been to Spain? No. Have you? No. No. How about you, Pippi? I have not. I really do want to go there. Ned, have you been to Spain? Have you ever had Spam? Yes, I have. It's disgusting. I have never had Spam. It you is disgusting. It was these little wieners. That yes. Uh, Viney sausages. Yes. yes. Never had yes. those. Yes, he, ate, he 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 got to eat some little wieners how, how earlier did, in the week. How do you feel about it? They're, well, they're I okay, didn't, right? I only like held it. I never put it in my mouth. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about food here. What? Right. Uh, yes, yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he only held it. He didn't put it in his mouth, just so you know. Yep, that is that is very good. You need to try one. It's pretty good. Uh, Josh says, yes, the beach. The beach With is my little crowded. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Florida I mean, is packed. Oh, well, Florida never really slowed down, did they? Yeah, no, they didn't no. really care about the virus. <laughs> George says, we have found it. Uh, the best time ever to travel. Low fares, crowds lot. That, that, that is, is very, that is very, very true. true. And Rhonda says train trip across the United States. Oh, that'd be cool. Now, see, I have always one. wanted to do that on a train trip. Get one of the one of the double decker trains. It's got the big observation. Well, that the sounds only, like the sounds only like... train that I've been on is the New York train. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> did you see anybody urinating or defecating? No, but I did, did see someone pass out after eating pizza. And, really? Uh, yeah, it was really bad. That's a fact. No, try spam and eggs also. Spam and eggs. Spam and really. eggs. Uh, and, uh, Do you really like spam? I like spam. It's disgusting, man. I'm raised on spam. Old man Cronkite loves spam. I, I mean, if you fry it, I could probably eat yeah, it. You have but to fry it. It's like fried bologna if you fry it. You know, I had fried yeah. bologna for the first time last year. It's good and stuff, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it if is you, If you fry spam, it's kind of similar. But eat that with, like, eggs. It's good. Okay. What about the uh, banner sausage in a can? I've never had canned sausage. Really? Never had. You never had banner sausage in a can? Oh, that's good stuff, man. And you don't like spam, but you have sausage no. from a can. No, I don't like spam. That's tough. I do not like spam. Ridiculous. Sam, I am. I guess. <clears throat> Our new question of the week. If the government admits that extraterrestrial life and UFOs exist, how will that affect or change your day-to-day life? In absolutely no way. I mean, except for... <laughs> yes, it will. In my day-to-day life? Yeah. No, but it will on this show. Well, on, will, on the it show. It will basically make us uh, non-existent because... No, it will not make us non-existent. It will because we are cons- we're, we are a UFO sightings and bringing knowledge to the world. Yeah, and, and we can still like, bring knowledge to the world. they're just like, oh, well, they exist. No, right there they are. Here, they... Oh. That's what's going to happen. Ingress Allockwood's going to let everybody know the UFOs do exist, and then we're just going to be. Going, and and we the got reason they're going to do that is to shut us up. What if we? <laughs> what if we took out the sensors from space and let them in, kind of like the movie Men in Black? Pretty sure that's that, a felony. <laughs> no, no. Well, first, how would you get up in space? That's an actual good idea. I, I have to contact that's Elon Musk. Good. Okay. Well, yeah. You know? Well, no, there's there's commercial air tra- or commercial space travel coming about soon. Now you do know that we have these sensors. I feel like it's huge. I feel like sensor. it's not these little sensors. What if it's the moon? What if the moon is the, the moon sensor? is oh, not wow. a sensor? Could That'd be, be interesting. No. The moon is a sensor. No, it's not. And why do we keep going there? Yeah, because it's a sensor. They're gonna. Well, don't ask me. I'm gonna, not in charge of the moon. They're gonna put. <laughs> they gotta tighten up the bolts every now and then. Um, Retorque them to specs. 
how would it affect or change my day-to-day life? It would definitely affect it at first at the cookie factory. I could see things being like kind of out of control and chaotic a little bit. Okay, so because they're going to have like new, new, new flavors coming out. Well, no, not necessarily. Well, think about COVID nineteen when it first started. What did the morons around? I mean, I'm sorry. What did people in our area do? They went out and they stocked up on on toilet paper. (laughs) Right. You know, and I'm not going to edit that out. I would. But they they went out and they stocked up on toilet paper. You know, and. I think you would have that. Did anyone so. ever find out why they stocked up on toilet paper? It was a virus. It's not like a stomach bug. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I never understood why people stocked up on toilet paper. I don't know. Because I hope I don't die, but toilet- if I do, my ass is going to be clean. <laughs> if you use toilet paper to wipe your nose, after a while, it's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's exactly right. Definitely, Kleenexes. I could see Kleenexes going out. Yeah, yeah but they got the lotion in them. <laughs> What about you? The question, if the government admits that extraterrestrial life and UFOs exist, how will that affect or change your day-to-day life? So I don't think it would affect my daily life at all. So when this whole COVID-19 hit, it really didn't affect me. I was still going out with no mask. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, I feel like at the the factory, it, it would affect. Yeah, really yeah definitely. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think it would have a major effect on the cookie factory. That's possible. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Uh, I guess I could see that, yeah. What about you, Ned? I agree with you. See? Ned and PB are smart. They agree with me. So. Sorry, I hit the Yeah, you see, he, he said that would cause people to loot the cookie factory. But I'd be excited, right? I would. Yeah, I, you know, and you find out I that would there's too. other... There's yeah. The, that's exactly what it would be. And being independent other people day. out there or... Aliens, other something out there. I think they look a lot like us. I don't think so. I think so. we are them. Oh, mm. wow. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Alien-human hybrids. Have you seen those, like, people looking like there's, like, their twin from back in 1817 yeah. or whatever? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I would yeah. like to see yours. My twin from 1817? Yeah. Who's a carny? I I picture him to be a pig farmer. No, he was a carny. No. I picture him to be a pig farmer. He wasn't, though. That's what I'm, he, I'm telling you. He is a carny. No, no. I think that he was a pig farmer. I don't understand why you I think his last name was Aberdeen. Why do, you, why do you say I'm a pig farmer? No, not you. You in the 1800s was a pig farmer. I'm not a pig farmer. I know you're not now. I wasn't then either. How do you know? You don't remember? Yes, I do. I wasn't a pig farmer. I was a carny. I think you could have been a woman back then. Maybe. Did you know that um, I actually did some research? <laughs> I did some research with my family, uh, like on that ancestry dot whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I found out that I'm a royal. Pretty boy is a royal from back in something in the in Italy. Actually. Really? Well, yeah. I am actually related cool. to uh, so John Quincy Adams. So we can call you Sir Pretty so. Boy. Yeah. All right. Actually, you could. Well, then we'll just change his name to Elton John. I did Let's not just start know calling that. him Elton. I'm still trying to contact family because uh-huh. you know pretty you boy kind is a of broke right out now. long before. Pretty boy is broke. <laughs> Legend never <laughs> did. Need that royal money. Bring <laughs> that royal money in. <laughs> well, thank you very much, PB, for stopping by. We enjoyed having you on the show. We hope you'll uh, become a regular. Hopefully, come definitely. by next week. Hopefully, you know, definitely. we've we've had a blast and. You know, hopefully you've learned some stuff and been there, been entertained. Uh, again, the question of the week: If the government admits that you have uh, that 
<clears throat> Let's do that again. The new question of the week. Oh, you have something else. I did, but I mean, if you were okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me get this out real quick. The new question of the week: If the government admits that extraterrestrial life and UFOs exist, how will you affect? How will that affect or change your day-to-day life? You can call, text, or leave a voicemail by calling 606-373-3396, or you can email goose at here to chewbubblegum.com or cronkite at here to chewbubblegum.com. You can email Ned and Elliot and PB at here to chewbubblegum at yahoo.com. Now, what did you have? Well, don't forget our YouTube and our uh, Facebook page as well. Yes, uh, and so our Twitter and Instagram. We have Twitter and Instagram now? <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had those forever. I don't have Twitter so. on my phone. Sorry. Uh, anyway, so I, 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 the uh, the other thing that I was going to talk uh-huh. about is uh, Mark Richards. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. No. All right. So the article that I found, and this is then I kind of started digging. Uh, says uh, the basically the, the the headline was did the CIA frame a guy for murder for UFO right. uh, for knowing too much about the UFO? So the wife of a man serving a life sentence in uh, for murder claims his only crime was knowing too much about the battle between humans and aliens in a secret underground base and that the CIA took devious steps to silence him. Uh, is this the guy that was a worker at Area 51? Uh, I, it, it's possible he okay. was, but when, when I dug up, I mean, it sounds... He was a contractor, correct? Yeah, I think okay. so, yeah. Uh, Joanne Richards ex- uh, contends that her husband Mark was poised to tell the world about his role in the clandestine projects involving various world governments and aliens back in 1982. No, he was not a contractor. What okay. What you're going to find out about Mark Richards Mark Richards might blow your mind. Okay. Or you might say he's crazy. Okay. So, I've always thought you're crazy. No, not me. Oh, Mark Richards. Yeah. Okay. Uh, specifically, she says he was going to divulge how he served as a squadron leader in the uh, apocryphal I don't know. Some kind of battle between humans and ETs in an underground base at Dulce, New Mexico. Okay. Uh, but before he was able to blow the whistle on ET conspiracy, she alleges police suddenly arrested him for the grisly murder of an acquaintance. Despite declaring his innocence, police found a plethora of evidence suggesting that Richards had a role in the slaying. After one of his suspected accomplices was granted immunity and testified against him, Richards' fate was sealed and he was subsequently since subsequently sentenced to life in prison for the crime. Insisting that he had nothing to do with the murder, Richards has concluded that he was a victim of a CIA's conspiracy to frame him and eliminate him as a threat to the cosmic Watergate. Unfortunately for advocates of Richards' freedom, skeptics see a number of issues (laughs) with his tale that cast doubt on his veracity. They note that Richards only began making the CIA conspiracy claims in 1997, a full 15 years after the murder, and a search for records to verify his past military service has yielded nothing. Additionally, doubters note that, by virtue of his contemporary claims, the CIA did not, in fact, silence him for sharing UFO secrets, and that it appears to be uh, that it appears he's able to uh, reveal to the public quite easily. Regardless of these arguments, Joanne Richards is certain that her husband's story is true and he is paying the price for attempting to expose the UFO conspiracy. Now, going back to this, mm-hmm. we know that the government has a, a, a tendency to erase people's history as right. far as trying to discredit they, them. They did that to Bob Lazar. Exactly. But that's true. I mean, he is getting information out pretty easily. So I don't know what to think about it so far. <clears throat> Mark is serving a life sentence for orchestrating a 1982 murder allegedly carried out to find the take- 
to fund the takeover of Marin County, California, and transform it into its own into his own kingdom called Pendragon. Uh, Mark and Joanne maintain that his conviction was a CIA frame job designed to discredit anything he'd say about his tenure as an intergalactic diplomat and warrior. But the longer he was in prison, the more he wanted to talk. And so, in 2003, Joanne started a nonprofit foundation to help keep, get his life story out. An executive director of Earth Defense Headquarters, she felt not only more connected to her husband, but also that her own life was filled with a newfound sense of purpose. On July 6, 1982, was a hot day in Marin County, California, but the temperature had cooled considerably. Uh, by the time Mark Richards was waiting for his ramshack or waiting in his ramshackle home office for his teenage cohorts to arrive, Richards at the time of twenty was twenty nine and close to six feet tall. Uh, was a was down on his luck, uh, general general contractor with an ambitious plan to get back on his feet. Uh, his his cohorts were uh, Hoover and Campbell, both 17, worked for Richards, and the trio was planning to rob and murder Richard Baldwin, 36, the owner of an area auto restoration shop. Uh, once the teens arrived, they made their way to Baldwin's residence and asked him to show them some cars. Richards gave them a signal, and Hoover killed Baldwin with a baseball bat. Uh, the group w- left with the body, $2,000, several guns, and a copious amounts of marijuana. Baldwin was wrapped in a tarp weighed down with a motor, and thrown into the San Pablo Bay. Now, are you sure it was an auto parts store and wasn't a hardware store? It's an auto parts restoration shop. It was an auto parts store. I think it could have been a hardware store. No, that's Bob Lazar. You're getting them confused. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. However, police soon determined that Richards used Baldwin's credit cards to buy jewelry and a boat. The body sacrificed, or surfaced, excuse me, surfaced 10 days later. Uh, the trio was arrested and charged with murder in late 84. After four days of deliberations, Richards was convicted of masterminding the murder and sentenced to life without parole. Hoover got 26 years to life while Camber was granted immunity for testifying against his wholesome, or his, his while, while he was testifying against his comrades. Uh, Richards was sent to Folsom State Prison in Sacramento where he began serving his life sentence without much protest. As he recalls, he knew uh, he was innocent, but there was little he could do about it. Now, that is strange. So, when when someone masterminds a plan, mm-hmm. but doesn't actually carry out the murder, but gets the life sentence anyway, how does that work? Well, they were the one that orchestrated it. They were you the know. big brains of it. Yeah. Okay. So, they'll get almost as much time as the person that carried it out. Well, the person that carried it out... Um, Got 26 years. Okay, and he got life. And he got life. So, And the other guy got nothing. You know, I I would have to look at the at, at exact, at, at the case file to give you an, an expert opinion on that. Okay. So as he recalls today, he knew he was innocent, but there was little he could do about it. He knew the same agencies that put him in there, most likely the CIA, could pull strings to get him out. And so he'd have to uh, bide his time. He was, after all, an intergalactic soldier and diplomat like his father before him, and they had each given decades of their life to service their country and their planet. According to Richard writings, his father, Ellis, Jr., or Ellis Richards Jr., was a decorated secret soldier, and Mark was involved with secret military operations from an early age. Part of their service included membership in a clandestine intergalactic senate that negotiates extraterrestrial relationships with Earth. Mark began attending these conferences in 1961 and says that he played with alien kids his own age until he was old enough to participate in the proceedings himself. 
He's always had higher security clearances than the president uh, from the time he was a kid, Joanne says. The conferences are designed to facilitate friendly coexistence with hundreds of alien species, including raptors, giant cats and dogs, um, oceanic creatures, and entities made out of living crystal. Leaders of various Terran nations have negotiated treaties that exchange the set amount of human abductees for alien technology. We've talked about that. Yes, yes, we have. Uh, It's a tragic sacrifice, Richard writes, but one that has helped civilizations develop cell phones and space travel. But Richard also fought fought against aliens when he had to, often with his father. Notably, the two men were heroes of the legendary 1979 Battle of Dulce, in which humans were freed from a ghastly breeding experiments going on in a mountain base in New Mexico. In another exciting encounter, Richard piloted a ship against enemy, enemy alien forces over China in 1976, which came through transdimensional gates opened with the energy output of our sun for a year crammed into a half a second. The ships had already begun collecting human cargo by the time battle began, and Richards uh, lost more than 80% of his men in the fight. He ultimately flew through a wormhole, uh, which he wrote felt like a million ants playing steel wool on your flesh. That's interesting. We've never had anyone say what that might feel like. No, no. But, you know, scientists have recently said that a human could survive going through a wormhole. Hmm. Uh, And was able to close the gates, but not before the invaders caused an earthquake that killed almost a quarter million people. The deadliest of the 20th century. The confrontation became known as the Battle of China Gates. Um, So, we talked about Joanne, who Mm -hmm. has started this nonprofit. Uh, and it's called the Earth Defense Headquarters. So what is the Earth Defense Headquarters? It's an educational nonprofit for science, education, and creative arts. It has been formed to collect and distribute information in the fields of history, science, sustainable living, politics, and social issues, modern military history, paranormal phenomena, space, cryptozoology, extraterrestrial science, magical arts, and otherwise forgotten information. EDH will share its findings via EDH reports, books, and films. Now, you can go to their website and it does have a lot of uh, books and, and uh, films that you can buy uh, on their website. Right. <clears throat> the Dragon Hill Research Center in San Anselmo, uh, California, will provide a growing research facility for high school and college students, similar to old European private libraries. Uh, quote, if we were to protect our republic, if we are to protect our republic, we must always be watchful of threats from within as well as known enemies from without more often than not our greatest enemy is our own government um, end quote uh, mission their mission statement is it is the goal of the edh to present alternative truths that are not uh, that are not found in mainstream textbooks or media edh wants to help affect positive changes in the community and beyond that's interesting you what know what i find interesting about that <laughs> you know the other people you said served 26 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy got out, and he's still there. Okay? And he orchestrated it, yep. quote, unquote. He must really know something, or he's full of shit. Yeah. Now, some of the things that was mentioned there I have read before, mm-hmm. not on articles about him, but in other UFO-related articles or extraterrestrial, you know, uh, about the uh, – what the Galactic Federation, right, and so forth. Well, and that's what I said. You, you know, I, think. I tend to believe I'm leaning towards he actually knows something, and mm-hmm. the government's trying to keep him shut up. Well, and that's the thing is like, 
going into this story was either you're going to believe it 100% or you're going to think he's a lunatic. Now, let, let me let me throw something at you. Uh, before I do, what, what's your thoughts on the story he just told us about? First, I was trying to do some research myself, so I mm-hmm. looked up uh, Mark Richards, and I found out that, um, well, I might have deleted it. No, he's right here. He's an Australian surfer, so I immediately found out <laughs> it couldn't be him. So I did some more research, and it said that he was a four-time champion. So I was like, yeah, it can't be this guy. So I, I just tried to pay more attention to that. I got you. But anyways, uh, he, he did orchestrate like all this He's the mastermind, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, why would he receive that much of a death sentence or yeah. like a, a yeah. life sentence or whatever? Life sentence. But I just did another research. This is really off topic, but Charles Manson never killed anyone. Right. He was right. also a mastermind. Yeah. But Charles Manson also masterminded, what, several murders? Not several, yes. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. supposedly one. And right. I'm not saying that it's any different. Right. One, one life is no different than right. eight then, or nine. Right. Right. Uh, but... It just seems odd that the the other folks, even the guy who killed the people, he definitely knows more. Yeah, I feel like he's not full of shit. I feel like he knows a lot. And 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 and, and that's what I'm leaning towards too. You know, he definitely knows some stuff, and they're trying to keep him shut up. You know, it's exciting. I and, think I'm going to go to this EDH website. I think I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, I want to. I want to probably buy the uh, the book about the Battle of Dolce. I want to. I want to read more about that. Good. And it may be on Lifetime soon. You may be able to watch it. It's possible, yeah. I don't watch Lifetime anymore. Oh, you quit? Yeah, well, I don't have TV anymore. Okay. I just stream. Yeah. It's easier. That's right. I forgot. I'm I can, sorry. I can look up what I want to. <laughs> you're, you're a streamer. Hopefully I'm your sure. IP doesn't get tracked. Oh, it's already tracked. They have, <laughs> they have my phone number, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they do. Uh, again, thank you very much, Cronkite, for that. Uh Look forward to doing the show with you again next week. We'll be having a midweek show coming up. And uh, don't forget tonight, 10 p.m., 104.9 WXLR, if you're in the Bunker Studios area, to check out Episode 2 of Here to Chew Bubblegum. Absolutely. Awesome. And, PB, thank you very much for stopping by. Like I said earlier, we hope you come back. Of course. Uh, we hope this becomes a habit. We'll we'll make you part of the, of the, the crew, fo- of the, crew, the force, that we're building together to alert the citizens and listeners of our planet about extraterrestrials, UFOs, correct? I feel like you, you, you took a turn there. I feel like we're, we're, we're working our way into a cult now. Is that, no, is no, that, no, no, no. Is that no, what you were trying to work No, with? not at all. And start calling me master. <laughs> Ned, thank you very much for being here. Uh, again, our new question of the week, if the government admits that extraterrestrial life and UFOs exist, how will that affect or change your day-to-day life? How can you get in contact with us and share your answer? Well, you can always text, call, or leave a voicemail, 606-373-3396. You can always use email, of course, goose at here to chew bubblegum.com or cronkite at here to chew bubblegum.com. You can even reach out to Ned or Elliot or even Pretty Boy if you want to. Yes. Here to chew bubblegum at yahoo.com, please Please put attention, Ned Elliott, or Pretty Boy in the in the subject line. And um, again, that'll do it for this week. Thanks to Carlin for all the voiceover work and for allowing us to use the music of Flannery, CK, Uncle Bill, and ST3B over at deadpit.com. T-shirt Joe at fastcustomshirts.com. If you need shirts and you need them fast, go see my friend T-shirt Joe, fastcustomshirts.com. That'll do it for this week. We'll see you next week. And until then, so long for now. We'll see you.
Thanks for listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Tune in next time as we dive deeper into things the government doesn't want us to know.